everybody, and welcome to episode 489 of Video Game Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparas, coming to you from the Ben MS Memorial Studio of the Airwaves. If you want it to be the U Memorial Studio of the Airwaves, go to patreon.com slash laser time and join us at the $20 level. Who's joining me now? Ooh, uh, proud, no, not proud, but new Xbox owner, Chris Antista. Ooh, and it's me. Three is the magic number, Matthew Allen. And there's no special guest. This week is basically a bottle episode. We're all stuck in an elevator somewhere, and uh, we can't leave until we've discovered something about ourselves and each other. Yes, Uh, we find a greater truth uh, mm -hmm. amidst our problems. I always preferred bottle episodes where you're stuck like in a freezer where you have access to food. The elevator thing, terrifying to me. Terrifying. Oh, God, yeah, it could fall at any second. If mm-hmm. you're stuck in a freezer, all you got to do is hook your calculator up to the phone and send songs to your girlfriend. That's until right. She helps you escape with your friend Johnny Five. On Broadway. <laughs> Quick, someone do the offensive accent that <laughs> what's his name was doing. Uh, uh, I love uh, that he, okay. he Fisher Stevens. <laughs> Fisher it took him decades to apologize for that. Yeah. I, I think people just didn't bother to look into his ethnicity. I think you're right. I had no idea. I yeah. really didn't. I, <laughs> Fisher Stevens, it sounds like such an Indian name. <laughs> I can't think of another. Like, he's in Hackers and, like, what else? I don't know what else he's in. Mm. Mario? Is he the Mario Brothers movie? Uh, possibly. Maybe. I don't know. I think he's. Uh, you're Mario asking Brothers the wrong movie. people. Um, <laughs> this show is about Vigia Games. And, uh, <laughs> Vigia Games. And it's going to be. A fun one. We're going to be talking about... We, we got inspired after watching the... Or specifically, Chris got inspired after watching the Sony State of Play and Nintendo Direct. With God of War, they would normally do a new trilogy or something like that. Right. And they, they've said God of War Ragnarok, the story that began in God of War 2018, will end with God of War Ragnarok. It's a two-parter, Which, not a three-parter. Yeah. It is, is oddly unsatisfying, isn't it? Mm. Like It just seems like... Yeah, even if your third one fails, you got to get to three. That's because we did a, a laser time a long time ago about two and through, and it was just like, yeah, Wayne's World, Gremlins, at the time, Ghostbusters. Like, how do you get this big and make two things and bail forever? And um, usually it's because the second one is really bad. <laughs> yeah, there's not that. with Wayne's World and Gremlins. That's true. That's true. I, yeah, but Gremlins here's the thing: like, amazing. oh, and, and so the, what? My friend, twenty one and twenty two Jump Street. Like, what the fuck is up with yeah. that? Oh. Like, <laughs> but see, I I'm not. I'm actually sort of okay with that. Like, I don't know why we feel this compulsion to have trilogies. I don't either. And, and, I don't either. and you know, I get sense. it that there's three acts and things, maybe, yeah. and then yeah. so that that's why we but, tend to. But frame then, then you get like unsatisfying middle chapters that no one likes to play on their own or, or view on their own. So hmm. uh, I, and, and I it was get all, it. it. It was also inspired by. Um, oh my God! How inappropriate! Zel- the Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom is that what it's mm-hmm. called? Yes. Uh, yes. The idea that like, yeah, this is. You know, kind of the first real big second Zelda uh, we've ever seen. Seriously, it, 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 and, I, and do you that's, think they'll that's continue? Majora's Mask slander right yeah. there? That is just also Zelda Two slander, Link's Awakening slander. <laughs> I mean, but but this is it's different though because it, it feels like Breath of the Wild. Is this a series or is this what Zelda is from here on out? How do you go back mm. from being open world and, and it just? It's same with God of War. It just feels so odd to shut the book on something like that after two, given yeah. how many games the previous the previous games uh, the previous God of War games got to have. So yeah. yeah, so there were what six previous God of War games? I think there were the the, the three main ones, the two PSP yeah. ones, and then 
a yeah, mobile then, one. Then there was the uh, well, I'm not counting the mobile one, although that, damn that right did happen. I'm thinking mm-hmm. of the uh, Ascension, God of War Ascension. The, the fourth wasn't one there was also, also a compilation in there somewhere? Oh, like there were two compilations. The... Yeah, there you go. Yeah, but yeah, I forgot where I'm going with that. <laughs> no, we're, we're, we're talking series. like a series that were sadly never addressed mm-hmm. at the second entry, and mm-hmm. that's. It's a good way to stall a franchise out forever in most cases. Like, if you don't get to three, you can't bundle a trilogy or a collection, you know, yep. you're not going to yeah. remain in the hearts and minds of the folks. I think that's why it's so unusual that for this iteration of God of War, they, they announced it in advance. They're so like, no, after two, we're done. Because like Michael said, typically it's it's not intentional. Like, people usually intend mm. to go in there with three or more, and then it's like, well... Eh, something might have happened along the way. And in, in the rare case, sometimes the first entry, not that great. The second entry really knocks it out of the park. And yeah. that, that's even more tragic when you're like, right. why didn't you follow up that amazingness? Like, what's going on but there? It, but so, it does happen when, like, yeah, we iterated, we learned from our mistakes, and we brought you this new and improved product. And the reception to the first game has tanked any chance of success in the second. Right. And, yeah, that that can happen. And I, I just, I'm just now thinking of, like, I know we all have the same weird love slash relationship with a uh, uh, Last of Us, but like, how do they make a third one of those for real? How is that? I don't think a- they do. I, yeah. I think. I mean, they, that's why they keep remaking them. Oh. <laughs> I think. I think they maybe jumped the timeline ahead, and now we're playing as Lev or something like that. Right. Yeah. That. Uh, yeah. They could do that. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, do, I think. But to do what? Do something terrible to someone? <laughs> someone youthful and innocent? You know. Ugh. Maybe yeah. maybe that's the redemptive chapter. We've had like the really dark shit, and now somebody needs to bring humanity back to the light. Yeah, I'm not saying it's impossible. In mm-hmm. fact, you know, given their s- status with Sony, it's probably it seems probable because that mm-hmm. that and God of War seems like something Sony's like you're doing it. You're making another one of these. Yeah. I don't because because <laughs> it, it's it, happening. If they wanted to do it, they'd make more, and they don't mm-hmm. seem to want to in the God of War case. So interesting. And, and and I oh I did want to say just at the top of the show, your boy who had his uh, Xbox struck by lightning, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> semi recently. Well, you shouldn't have been flying it on a kite. I yeah. wasn't. I was doing nothing of the sort. <laughs> I think I told you guys it was bizarre. It was a power. We lose power. Two surges. Yeah, all the time. God yeah. got mad at you twice in a row. Where the cat got freaked out because all the lights got really bright at once. It knocked out my router. It knocked out my Xbox. And I was just in a goddamn Walmart and just, I always go look like, what if I do see a next-gen console? So what are we now? We're almost about, uh, what would you say, 20 months into the current-gen console cycle? Almost two years? Something like that. And and for the first time this week, I saw a next-gen console in the wild. That has never fucking happened. It's for various reasons, pandemic, blah, 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 blah. But... Yeah, there's, it looks like they're starting to flow in stores. Uh, and I took a picture. The consoles are coming back. Nature is reclaiming. <laughs> nature is healing. <laughs> yeah, nature well, is it, healing. But at least, at least Xbox consoles are coming back. I, don't, I think it's still pretty tough to oh, find. Oh, yeah, the S, the S has kind of been a, available for a while. But they were like, yeah. Yeah. all yeah. these. And, I, and, and, and you guys, you, like, you should have bought it. And like, I yeah, can't really justify it. But like, I'm still paying for this Game Pass subscription. So like, mm-hmm. yeah. You, it, the, yeah. It, you're, I'm really incentivized to you're, get a working Xbox. You're one third of the video game podcast. Yes, you yeah, can I know, I, I know, I know, I know. It's just a lot of stuff going on, weddings and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, but I didn't buy it. And then I go and I like, 
what the fuck? I usually I'm good at checking stock of things, um, and and none of the WalMarts list these things in stock as if they're like fucking mirages. And that's what made me like, oh fuck, nobody knows these are here. So I'm gonna go grab, mm. uh, and, and no one had bought one in, in a day. I mean, these things, even when they are available at like a Best Buy, they go up real fast. So I, oh, yeah. I hate okay. to say to patronize your local Walmart, but man, they might be sitting on some available consoles right now. Did I, did I tell you guys I went to a pawn shop and just, you know, I like to go to a pawn shop to look for records and like used games and DVDs mm. and, and then, and then scoff at the guns with my smug liberal mouth. And, and then, <laughs> and, and then, but I look up and it is like an unboxed Xbox series X loose Dude. for $650, like yeah. a couple weeks ago. It's one thing for like an individual. Cause I, I was like, really $650. And the woman behind the counter was like, like, we do what the fuck we want here. <laughs> she just had wow. this look like get get okay, get, buy it or get out. Like who cares? You don't get to tell me what the price should be. And but just like ugh, felt so nefarious. And I was like, dude, these things are coming back in the wild. You can't justify that. Like a, mm-hmm. a used uh, loose Series X should have uh, should have driven past the store and just like jumped out of the car and like shake it over your head like it's a boombox and flip yeah. the bird and jump back in. <laughs> I'll say anything, yeah. her. Yeah. <laughs> well, Chris, Chris, you got to understand when when they buy it off a desperate person in dire straits for two hundred dollars, they yeah, have to that... do the four hundred fifty dollar upcharge for their business model to work of exploiting people in dire situations. That was that, all I was thinking of. That some poor asshole on the verge of tears. Can I please get three hundred for this? I don't see it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's funny because, like, of of the next-gen consoles, and I say this, like, I, I'll preface this by saying, like, I think the Xbox Series X is a really good console. I enjoy having one. But turning that thing on for the first time was, like, the most anticlimactic uh, transition oh, yeah. from one console to the other that I've ever yeah. gone through because it, it looked exactly the, the same. Yeah. It, it, it's it, the it, same It wasn't even like getting a new console. It was like getting my old one back. Mm-hmm. That's that's yeah. sort of what it felt like, and, yeah. and but now it can do more. And, and am I crazy? Because like it's it's this happened today, and I set it up earlier today, and I go to play like a, I go to like oh, I need to, I want to put something on while I clean, and uh, even the Blu-ray <laughs> functionality requires an app download, and no apps will download. Hmm. Uh, every time I go to the store, I just get a circle on everything from Netflix to. Uh, yeah. Uh, Disney Dreamland whatever downloaded just fine. I didn't get a chance to fire it up and have my life sucked away with that thing. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, I'm shocked. I can't like really download any of my old apps hmm. yet. I mean, apps download for me. I have noticed there's some oddness. I There's something with that UI that, and Michael, maybe you've noticed this. Occasionally, it'll just download random store updates when you go to like download a new game or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like a pretty small update. It's like a 700... 700- mm-hmm kilobyte one but i'm like what's it doing like what what is that update I, I'm, I'm curious <laughs> I, I guess that was weird to think about because i you know i've had both of these xbox ones for a long time uh the first thing it downloaded was the store yeah <laughs> just the idea that that's an app that isn't in like natively on you just assume it's natively on your box but no it's an app that had to download Crazy. the store yeah. at the bare minimum they update it all the time yeah, yeah, I just I just assumed that was updated with the the greater uh, firmware, not like individually as an app itself, but like you know, even your on the Xbox, even your settings app is an app. It's very strange. Well, here's but, the thing, you know, typically with games, you know, when stuff comes on a disc, you're like, well, yeah, it has to work running off the disc. What if someone isn't connected to the internet? I suppose if it's an online digital store, 
you never ask yourself that question. If someone's not connected to the internet, they can't buy anything on your digital store. So what do you care? Right. You know, it's. And I'm gonna I'm gonna miss my um, Xbox One X, but I I now know there's a reason they discontinued that console because it was really good and for what I've seen performs pretty on par with a Series X. And what I'm going to miss the most about it, I could hook up my over-the-air antenna to it, A, and B, I could configure a universal remote. That's how it became my ultimate media machine. It felt like going back to, like, when you got your PS2, I have to, like, turn my TV on, and then I have to find my controller and turn on the console. I really like that one button, turn the Xbox on, everything comes on, I'm one step away from Netflix. I, I'm still so bitter that gamers did that. Like uh, the response to yeah. stuff at like an E3 yeah. made Microsoft step back from their set top box model of like, oh, this will be your, your media machine. And I get it. If you don't want to use the features, just shut the fuck up about it so the rest of us can enjoy things. Like I well, used to put up football games in that little fucking, what they call it, the slider yeah, window. Right, right. I would watch, watch TV while playing, while playing games. games. Yeah. And then I, they discontinued. I also got that because like before they showed off like what games is the machine going to have? What can it do? They they rolled out with that the new water cooler presentation. I know what you're saying, what you're saying was, but like yeah, here we are. It's all about their media functionality and nobody everybody's like, who cares? I want to see games. Here we are in 2022 and just like like sweet, I got my games back and like there were like two games I couldn't play on the Xbox One X that are on the Series X. There's almost nothing that justifies hmm. uh that you really need to upgrade for to play. Um there isn't. It's just strange. Like, there's a yeah, lot more like reasons to get a PS5 exclusives. if, like, gaming is your priority. But, like, dude, I never had to have a Roku. Wait, man, have you ever, ever had to switch over to one of your, like, innate TV apps and see how terrible the UI is and how awful most, like, oh, streaming apps are? How like, slow that shit runs? Oh, yes. it's awful. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And also, <laughs> the Xbox had, like, what is it? Kubi? It had, like, straight-up official piracy apps compatible with <laughs> Oh, it's, I think it might still. But, yeah, it's because, like, your TV native shit. Your, your TV has the RAM of a TI-88 fucking calculator. <laughs> like, it's mm-hmm. awful. Yeah. It's awful. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that, and, um, uh, you know, sometimes for 302010, I got to find a movie via nefarious means, put it on a drum drive, and I could just toss it in the front of the Xbox. And I was shocked like this is not as easy to do with a ps5 like really i gotta reformat this whole fucking thing sony is sony does sony use fat32 michael or the other drive they use one of the drive standards that's less common i know i think it's i think it's the fat 32 issue Mm. it just but with xbox that was never an issue they're like we play these three media types i'm like the xbox will read any fucking thing i give it yeah uh Xbox Any nefarious thing I, I shove inside it, it'll, it'll read. Yeah. That random USB you saw sticking out of a brick wall in the middle of the city, your Xbox will mm-hmm. read that. It'll yeah. be fun. <laughs> Probably safer than putting it into a PC, honestly. Probably, yeah. yeah. Don't do that. I mean, again, please, if, don't, if, please if, don't, no, do that. don't do that. <laughs> if you've been looking out for one and, and you've been checking stock, you can't trust it. I thought I, I, I thought I was getting away with something that that incentivized me to go back that like, oh, the world doesn't know you can get these in this store yet. There's not a run. Mm. I'm gonna go get it. So check your local store. If you're seriously looking for an Xbox Series X, yep. you might surprise yep. yourself. Might find go one. on down to Pop's General Store and look for an Xbox Series X. Come on down to see your I, card I, gauge. I, I have a local mom and pop game store and they are like, dude, the, the, the 
Sony and Microsoft like kind of won't even like talk to them. I was going to say they are last in line. Yeah, I'm they, sure, yeah, they, they have not gotten stuff. any new consoles, and they you know they're used to getting them at launch. They don't ha- they have gotten none. Like I was, yeah. I would, not, I would, that, not that Sony and Microsoft wouldn't love to sell them consoles to sell. It's just like they they are filling stuff directly, and they're having trouble getting stock to the big retail yeah. box stores, right? So yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah, and I, and I told him, I mean, I wish I could buy it from you guys, and he's like, the markup on those it does it doesn't matter if you find one buy it, buy it. Mm-hmm. it won't. We are not getting rich off console sales. Nope, with like a five percent markup. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. That's uh, not a lot. Anyway, yeah, we should probably start in with this week's top five, which again, two and through. Two um, and through. Courtesy of Chris, and I'll just preface this by saying, as I sometimes do, these are not definitive lists. These are just our personal preferences. We went through a lot of yeah. candidates for this, and we somehow came up with these five as the best. Just because we thought that they'd be the most entertaining to talk about. So let's just jump in with... Number five. These streets are being patrolled by gangs. They're scum. Just like you. And they're here to hunt you down and cut you up. I'll try to direct you as best I can, but other than that, you're on your own. It's up to you. Okay, are you ready? Camera, action. Uh, any... I think I got it. Okay, what is it? We're going on a manhunt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My favorite musical, Manhunt. Turn it around. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, again, topic is to and through games that just had one sequel and then disappeared forever, whether it's, you know, through failure or they just said, like, this is where we're stopping with this. And the first Manhunt was, at the time, one of the most disturbing things I'd ever picked up. They really, like, lathered it in this mystique of, like, this is a game about snuff films, and even the manual is styled like a secret Lumpanic-style catalog that you, like, found somewhere that lists all these videos for sale and has, like, a warning of, like, if someone didn't give this to you, if you aren't specifically invited, if you don't know why you have this, put it down, walk away, never look at it again. You don't want this kind of trouble. And I, I remember, to this day, somewhere in a box is my second Wii remote with a bloody hospital band as a wrist uh, strap yes. mm-hmm. uh, with oh. Manhunt on it. Yeah, it was Man- Manhunt 2 yep. came to Wii. And that, of course, sent all the censors into a tizzy because that we is for children. You're marketing violence to children. Which one let you put the Xbox headset on and had the guy whisper in your ear? That was the first one. And it was the the PS2 headset. Yeah, that's right. And and that was a neat thing where, yeah, if you wore the headset, you could hear the director's voice. The the director is, uh, I think, Lionel Starkweather. He's a, a guy who directs snuff movies, and you're his latest star. And he will speak directly into the earpiece, but also you could use the headset to make noises if you wanted to, you know, have that added fear of like, oh, if I say anything, I'm going to attract guards, or uh, if right. I if I want to lure them, if, if I'm in the shadows and I want to lure them close so I can kill them, I can make little noises and they'll... They'll come in, it'll be like Solid Snake knocking on the wall or something. Uh, So this was, yeah, a stealth action game where you're playing as James Earl Cash, a guy who is 
freed from death row secretly during his execution and given a quote unquote second chance at life. And then it's just basically the running man where he's taken through a series of, you know, grimy abandoned rust belt neighborhoods and shit that are crawling with hunters. And he needs to dispatch them all in really gruesome ways. And then the sequel kind of took the same concept, but now it's like, Oh, you're a, a mental patient who's an amnesiac. You're actually these two characters, Daniel and Leo, and one of them is a remorseless killer, and the other one is some kind of scientist who doesn't understand the predicament he's in. And, uh, yeah, so, of course, you know, spoilers, they're the same person, as well, if that wasn't heavily telegraphed from the beginning. I mean, Fight Club was a thing around mm-hmm. that time. I mean, I I am genuinely shocked how much of a controversy this series became... I mean, I'm not just because it it was disturbing to play. I remember, like after yeah. the second game, yeah. I'm like, I'm pretty much done with this series. I don't, I don't need. Yeah. Here's the thing: to be fair to the game, it was a pretty good stealth game. That, that mm-hmm. at least that first yeah. one was mm-hmm. like, it's a pretty decent stealth game because it is about sneaking around. But after a while, you're just like, I feel icky. The se- yeah, the I, one... I felt gross after I finished the first one. Yeah, and the, the yeah. second one kind of escalated things and just, you know, it was wee motion mag waggle. It wasn't. You didn't have to do much, but it was yeah. kind of bizarre having people plead for their lives and me having to just wag even more, even more, yeah. even more, yeah. even more. The, like, it, yeah. it was awkward when they made me whisper to my Wiimote, like, shh, this will all be over soon. <laughs> Stop struggling. That was that was awkward. You know? Bad baby. Yeah. Bad. But, but, but that, that's what that game made you feel like. And, and it made yeah. me realize, like, so Hitman is a series where you do very much the same thing, yeah. right? But And, mm-hmm. and you, you quickly realize, like, oh... Hitman doesn't make you feel icky because it's tempered by a lot of comedy. Mm-hmm. Mm. And there is a difference in this premise of like, no, no, you're this hitman whose t- sole job is just to kill really bad guys. Right. Yeah. And it's like, but it's like, well, I'm still doing the exact same stuff, you know, but they just add a little bit of levity to it. And it it's amazing how much better you feel as a person yeah. than playing these games. And well, generally yeah. with Hitman, you're also uh, encouraged to do it in a very either creative or efficient way. Yeah. Whereas yes. Manhunt is all about the cruelty as, yeah. uh, as exemplified by this clip from Manhunt too. Nice one, Danny. Nice. So the, those cuts away, those I think happen in both games. In the first game, it, it's like a, a weirdness of video editing where you'll get like yeah. these sudden bursts of static. In the second game, it's just like, oh, you're crazy. So like, you know, it's it's like a Nine Inch Nails video or something with yeah. flashing away. <laughs> and to the game's credit, it does it is not saying, you know, mental illness turns you into a killer. There is a very specific plot about, oh, uh, the main character, again, spoilers, is a scientist who's working on this project, creating something called the Pikmin Bridge, which lets scientists, like, artificially insert a second personality so that somebody could be, like, a Manchurian candidate assassin, be activated, kill something, and then, uh, or kill someone, and then you have that turned off and, like, they don't remember anything. They can't, they're immune to interrogation. They're just surrounded by tiny red, blue, and green bodies that have been following them around a level, and they have no idea what happened. Hmm. You did say <laughs> yes, the Pikmin, Pikmin Bridge, Bridge, right? Yes, of ah, course. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, but yeah, Manhunt 2, like, it was really, it, it wasn't just gross, it was like, it was very, it felt grimy. Yeah. yeah. Like, everything it was about grimy. it was just like, you know, all, all the environments felt like abandoned buildings. 
it's, what is that called? Is it Grimecore? Like, what is that? It's the Hostel movies were very, it, Seven yeah, was well, very grimy Grindcore, like that, right? I think, is. Yeah. Grindcore, yeah, Grindhouse, sure. yeah. But, yeah, but, but it, I, I do not like that aesthetic. I guess it might mm-hmm. have even started with, I mean, there's a lot of horror movies that did this, right? Mm-hmm. But, uh, uh, yeah, no, not my thing. Yeah. No, Saw. Saw is very yeah. much this, right? So the, yeah. these games were around the same also time, I think, as Saw. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah. that's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and the, like so much of the first Manhunt, especially, just had the the human equivalent of like when you turn over a rock and it's like covered in bugs underneath. It's it's just that sense of like, ugh, yeah. that this is gross and corrupt and nasty. Just... And it also had one of the most terrifying final bosses ever. Oh god. Yeah, Piggy Man. I knew it was yeah. a Piggy Man. Pigsy. Uh, he's, he's, Pigsy is a huge naked man wearing a rotting pig's head as a mask. Chases you around with a chainsaw, and you have to sneak around until you find, like, pieces of glass, and then you hide in dark rooms and wait for him to come looking for you, and then you stab him, and you have to do that, like, three times. It's, it sucks. It's I very, fucking hate it's, it. It's a I harrowing scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, it's like we should say, this is not a great game. Hmm. It was pretty good. The first one was pretty. The good. second the, one, the I mean. stealth sequences. Yeah, the second okay. one was was yeah. the hot button topic, and it just like yeah. it makes me feel really old, like reflecting on that controversy because it was even more controversial than GTA back when people would still listen to someone like Jack Thompson. He he just but wanted. Did, this. That's the thing. Did he go after these? Yes. Did senators oh, go after? Okay, oh, it's, they it's did. hilarious because okay. he he wrote. Man, I know not everyone's following Florida politics, but some of you are. Former Florida governor, Charlie Crist, he helped... Jack Thompson got in touch with him. Uh, Charlie Crist became a senator, a Republican Mm. senator, and then switched to the Democratic Party, is now trying to fight Ron DeSantis and be elected governor again in a different party. Like, I don't think anyone can trust you (laughs) at this point. Probably Uh, not. uh, But anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, they're all involved in this controversy. Jack Thompson is a Florida lawyer, so they were making headlines putting this out and like it's so weird it's this was only able to be on Wii because it took Rockstar forever to make so it was late in the cycle of the PS2 (laughs) which Mm -hmm. at the time that anything that we're putting on PS2 now we might as well put over to Wii and it was just this fundamental misunderstanding given because of how ubiquitous the Wii console was they're in this letter to the governor or to the governor of the Fox News they're talking about the distinction like it's not it's not even about button presses. You have to mimic this thing on a child's machine. It, it, <laughs> that was a huge yeah. part I, of it. I feel like they leaned into the shock aspect of that. Like that had to be, have been part like of Rockstar the plan. Did? It's just like, oh yeah, and you're acting out the moves, and like, not really. You're like, yeah. you, like you said, you're just like, oh, now you flip the thing up, and now you waggle it down. Yeah, and now you waggle it side to side. It's a very this, bad. Deal. This was the height of. Where all the Rockstar brand meant at the time was attitude, right? It's almost mm-hmm. like Devolver had that. It was was a successor to that for a while where it's just like, yeah, what, what's the brand of Rockstar games? Well, to be outrageous? Like, that's the only unifying kind thing of. all of the games had this at is, the time? This is kind of as far as they went, even in terms of what the kind of content they would put in GTA. And it, it, it is only odd because, like, Rockstar has kind of a 
proud stance behind franchises not that many people care about. Like, Beater Raider came out on multiple oh, yeah. platforms, and uh, I don't know that it, the world was clamoring for more Midnight Club, even though I liked it. It wasn't It wasn't anywhere near close to the highest-selling racing franchise. They never gave up on it. They made three Red Deads after the first one, kind of like, you know, like uh, it was just kind of a, a, a squeaker of a fart and then ended up building it mm. into one of the most successful franchises. But it seems odd. It feels like in, in some ways they were beaten by uh, the pundits because they never went back to readdress Manhunt. Well, for, for Manhunt, too, they absolutely were. They ended up having to censor they did. Because there were So one of the things with Manhunt is uh, it's not just a stealth game. It's also a patience game because the idea is that you not only have to sneak up behind enemies, but you have to stay there for long enough. Like, it'll go from green to yellow to red. The longer you wait, the more elaborate and gruesome it becomes. And they had one that I think, like, it was a was a red execution that you did with a pair of pliers, where you snuck up behind somebody, used the pliers on his balls, like, and, and yanked. <laughs> and while he was bent over, then you dug into his spine with it and pulled out a vertebra. And and that was the kill. <laughs> Give your balls a tug, bud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Give the yeah. balls a tug, man. <laughs> uh, Fuck you, Shorzy. Sound to make fucking your mom last night. Horrible cameraman. <laughs> <laughs> so Shorzy's good, is what I. Mean. I, I it's very good. I haven't it's seen it, but I love good. doing Shorzy. Mm-hmm. Huh? <laughs> For people who have watched Shorzy, they'll understand that joke. Uh, um, it, One of the running uh, gags is he asks a question. And then as someone starts to answer him two seconds later, I go, huh? And it's really annoying at first. But then like by episode four, you're like, this is the funniest gag the show has going. It's is great. It, is it fair to say in Manhunt 2 might have been like the last big controversial game over purely content? Maybe. I, well, I was going to let me finish oh, my thought. Uh, so that that execution I described with the pliers got yeah, yanked from got the game. Edited. Uh, with a pair of pliers, presumably. Excised, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and uh, then I think the executions were also partially censored. There was, like, you know, blurring and distortion in certain scenes. Yeah, Mm. static. And so, like, yeah, the the most, the grossest parts of the game were kind of covered up. But it did. And then uh, there there was, the they made a PC version Mm -hmm. where you could download a patch that, like, restored the game to its original goriness. Okay, yeah, I just thought the PC (laughs) version is just like, yeah, we can be on here without a rating, because without... With everything yeah. intact, it would have gotten adults-only rating, blah, 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 the, hot coffee. The ESRB and, caved and was like, this is AO now, because yeah. you can act it out. We can justify did it you, that way. I think this is still the case. Did you know, if you're just a Steam game, you mm-hmm. don't need an ESRB yep. rating? Like, the ESRB is for retail. Yep. Yeah, you don't need it at all. And so if you are only selling on digital, it, it, it's all opt-in anyway, right? But, like, if you're only digital, you, you technically, there's different rating no, it, standard to go get. And I know? think that's why it, the the... Uncut version came out on Steam to little fanfare, I think, because that content, I don't know if early access was, like, happening around then, but, like, yeah, Steam had a plethora of violent games, and this one is a really dated PS2 game, and it doesn't, it's like when Michael and I remember we were playing, like, Thrill Kill, and, like, just, wow, this Mm. was offensive at some point? This is more silly than anything. (laughs) It's aged so poorly. (laughs) But I'm looking, when you look at Manhunt, like, this was a international controversy. People calling to boycott the game and just looking at, like, how much it had to be censored in every territory. You gotta wonder, like, if there are a bunch of Manhunt fans out there, what did you want this series to do and where did you want it to go and how could it possibly exist on retail shelves? 
in that state. <laughs> it, it was kind <laughs> of like too, I don't want to say stupid, but too stupid to continue existing. Mm. It was, it, it had gotten kind of silly. Yeah. It was of a time, a mm. dumb time. Yeah, I mean, as, as GTA has <laughs> gotten more real, it's toned down a lot of its, you know, more shocking violence, uh, and mm-hmm. you can kind of understand why. I want to know what was going on in society at the time, right? Because we had, at the time, games like Kane and Lynch won. Like, there was just this griminess, and it reminded me of a series that I don't think we put on our list, Michael, but I, in my head, they're sort of related, even though they're very different gameplay-wise. The Condemned series, mm-hmm. another, yeah. another grimy... Two and through. Yeah, brutal combat, all about melee combat. You could literally feel when you hit the dudes in the game. It was Monolith Software, great developer. They went on to do the fucking you know Shadow of Mordor and Shadow of War game, mm. but it's like yeah, two and three, they were done after after Condemned Two. It's uh, very yeah, strange. Yeah, yeah, I think you're you're right. I think they may have overestimated the market's appetite for that level of violence. That you know, it's something that captures attention and gets headlines in game magazines and the fledgling internet press but it it turns out you know we didn't know how many women were playing games at the time and maybe that's not appealing to most people buying games even though i bought it and liked condemned quite a bit i i wonder if it has to do with they maybe they overestimated oh there's a lot of horror fans mm-hmm. out there and it's like yeah but the the whole deal with horror is you're scared because people are out of control and stuff's happening to them you don't you don't have a power fantasy in horror games where you are jason killing everyone you know although that game's super fun. Yeah, that, so. that can be fun for sure. I mean, Naughty Bear demonstrated that. <laughs> that game isn't even very good. I think with these games, like they are, the it's like, well, they're not really appealing to horror fans because you are the slasher at that point, mm. you know. So yeah, but I don't know. you know, it's, it's all about the gore, man. It's for yeah, people yeah. who identify with Jason. It's like, yeah, kill them kids, <laughs> fuck them kids. Yeah, my my camp counselors fucked around by my back too. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe we've talked this long about Jason Manhunt. is the ultimate incel is what you're saying. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Well, he's in, enforcing the, uh, the eighties Reagan agenda. It's, it's yeah. all about clean living, no sex, no drugs. Yeah. Uh, anyway, and, and the death penalty. Definitely that. Uh, moving on. Number four. Your replacement tiger is ready for launch. Signal when ready. Acknowledge. Stand by the Titanfall. Offline. Pilot mode engaged. Uh, yeah. Put the title in that one, but... Uh, yeah, so he says the title, he wins the prize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's Robocop. You're talking yes, about Robocop, Robocop video yeah. games. Yeah, of course. Robocop no, waiting for his Titan to fall. It's Titanfall. <laughs> one, of the, one of the best uh, multiplayer experiences I've ever had, kind of. Mm, I had a fucking blast with this game. The first I'm one. The, I'm the opposite. Like, I, I told you guys, like, yeah, I mean, I, I played the first one for all of an hour and i was like oh this is meant to be multiplayer only no thank you but i yeah. did love and play the hell out of the second game titanfall mm-hmm. 2 because it had a campaign that was very good and yeah. I, I think that it's a perfect example of what we addressed earlier it improved in every way kind of addressed every everybody's problems with the first game in, in big ways and yeah just sort of piffled out man it's a bummer because like even i didn't touch it i i still have yet to play it i bought it numerous times technically it spun off into a new thing apex legends yeah yeah apex is technically supposed to be in that universe in that universe yeah tenuous ties um i i did yeah it took me a long time to be prodded into titanfall 2's campaign and then when i finally did i was hooked and it's like oh this is amazing 
But I actually reviewed the first game for official Xbox magazine back in the day, mm-hmm. and I think I gave it like mm-hmm. an 8 out of 10, what? something like that, because it's like the the multiplayer is really, really good. The campaign, uh, which is in there, there is a campaign. It's a multiplayer campaign, but it's story driven. It kind of sucked. It really, like, it has a, like, the the story is unfolded by, like, a talking head in the right hand corner. Otherwise, it looks exactly like. It's what Schmups used to do in the 90s. It's literally a talking head in the corner. But it's also, like, just the most generic Call of Duty ish stuff, like. Sir, our forces have assembled at Brandyport Delta. Pilots, today you have a chance to establish peace on the frontier. Make it count. And I did catch flack with people saying it's a multiplayer only game. Please review it that way. And it's like, well, except it does have a campaign. So you're basically ignore yeah. asking me to ignore the campaign and not include it in the score if it's yeah. disappointing and underwhelming. It was just the story above technic- like uh, if you played uh, Battlefields. Camp, 1942 sure. campaign, which was mm-hmm. like just bots on multiplayer maps. This yes. was like one hair above that. Yeah. But, had, and didn't it, it have branching stories, though, depending on if you won or, or lost a battle? Like you, in it battle, would change in, the story slightly or something? I don't even remember familiar. that. I remember there being two different campaigns. Like you could play as the the quote unquote bad guys that were like had an AI leader. And then there were the, the rebels that they were sent to suppress. So it's it funny was... that the AI are the bad guys because the thing that made the campaign amazing and so touching, and everyone remembers the one level which, which where there's time travel. Mm-hmm. That's cool, but it's it's like one level. Yeah, it's well, it's toward the end of the game, so you have to have yeah. gotten at least most of the way through the game to remember that. At but all. but In the Titan shit that's too. the shit that no one talks about that's actually memorable about that campaign is you develop a relationship with your Titan, with your giant robot, and you actually care about that robot throughout yeah. the course of the campaign. It it's becomes like... a fully realized character, and, it, and it's mm-hmm. weird because it begins like this. Data core reinitialized. Ocular system online. Adjusting focus. Are you all right, pilot? I think so. Wait, did you just call me pilot? Yes. The late Captain Lastimosa gave you the provisional rank of acting pilot. Congratulations on your promotion. You may call me BT. BT. Got it. Bonus Not time. Optimus Prime, even yeah. though he sounds uncannily yes. <laughs> no, like wait Peter a Cole. Minute. Get to the resonator, Sam Witwicky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and that, that was the other cool part is... is there's this human journey of this guy who's like, yeah, not an official pilot, and it is through circumstances, you know, other dudes get killed, and he's it's like, now has promotion. to become, yeah, he, he has to become a pilot, and then yeah, there's the story of BT becoming sort of more and more human and having a, a real relationship with you, and then, and what's cool is, you know, the the gameplay of Titanfall when you're out of a Titan, it's all acrobatic and wall runs and, mm-hmm. and zip lines and so shit like cool. that. That's in the campaign when you get separated from BT. It's like, yeah, you got to go find him in this factory or whatever, and you got to do this wall run to, to, to reach places to get to him. So they explain it away. Uh, it's basically them explaining ways to use the gameplay mechanics of Titanfall, and it, it, make, it totally works. Yeah. It's a very good campaign. Plus, those smart guns that the pilots get are one of the coolest weapons ever. Isn't that like the last scene of the game is you get the smart gun, and that's... It, Maybe? Think, well, I remember it was like one of the default weapons in the first game. It's so it's a big culminating moment of the campaign. I believe in the second game is like you get it and you're kind of laughing like I have this handgun, but it's amazing because it is like this smart gun handgun that sort of auto aims for you. Mm. You just wreck shit in like one of the last levels of the campaign with it. It's great. 
Oh hell yeah, it's fantastic. Um, yeah, I really, really like these series, but and 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 yet I think Titanfall Two was not very successful, and you know it's no. EA, so if something doesn't do gangbusters sales, you know who knows if it's ever going to get a sequel. Do you recall why it might not have been so successful? Why? No, they put it out to pasture up against um, oh, their own game. Yep, right. Battlefield. Yeah, they, which, they, which, they released which is Battlefield allowed to fail like over week. and over again. <laughs> yeah, like I, I want to say it was within one to two weeks of each other. Battlefield right. came out and this, and it was uh, EA yeah. publishing both. And it also happens to be, you know, Death Murderer's Row of, of holiday releases. I think Call of Duty was right around then as well, right? So w- what else is going to happen? Of course, you know, right. so. Like this game, yeah, like this it was game? odd at the time. It's like, why are you, why yeah. are you doing this to yourself? Put it EA? out in it's, March. It would have murdered. Yeah, yes, murdered. yes. And, and and I I didn't hear about it until like once they announced the servers were shutting down about a year ago. Uh, everyone's like, the campaign is actually must play. Like it, it, this is a really oh, criminally yeah. forgotten game, and 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 I I'm, I might go play it like after this because I believe anybody with Game Pass Ultimate or EA Access has access yes. to it. To perf- EA's perfect credit. first game to f- play to completion on your new Xbox yeah, Series X. Go. Oh boy, <laughs> Brad, an old game. old game. Hell yeah, <laughs> that's the true Xbox Series X owner experience, Chris. You play an old game <laughs> to completion on uh, it. Uh-huh. installed now, on EA's the SSD, credit, so it loads faster. To true. EA's credit, though, they believed in the dev to the point of they bought Respawn, mm. right? And they yeah. gave them other chances, and it paid off for them with with Apex. And then now, like you know, basically it's Vince, right? That that ran that Vince Zampanella mm-hmm. or whatever he or Zampella he. He runs like almost all the single player stuff for EA at this yeah, point, or all the shooters. The stuff, he run the like, Battlefield people, or I, I think yeah, he had well, he had up like one of the Dice Studios yeah. or something. It's, EA, uh, EA was like, "Fuck you, Titanfall Two is a failure. Now you're making Star Wars." Yeah, games. yes, which is right. oddly amazing, like in a completely foreign genre to those developers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you have to make a Jedi Souls like, and then they did a fantastic fucking job. I'm tempted that's, to replay it every day. Every mm. day. So that is a bit of a, you know, feel-good ending to this story. It's like, well, they gave him another chance and it worked, so yeah, uh, like they're if, still if making games. If you're an Apex Legends player, you're constantly getting bombarded with Titanfall lore and, and characters, I believe. There are characters from Titanfall are playable within Apex Legends. It's set in the yeah, same world, is. but you may never, you know, I'm, I gather most Apex Legends players neither know or care. It's kind of mm-hmm. a little late to care about Titanfall. But it, it I, I predict this is going to be one of those entries that will eventually be proven wrong because it's like they'll probably eventually put out a Titanfall three. But so far, there's nothing on the horizon, no announcements. So. I, yeah, with if, if Apex yeah. Legends keeps chugging along, like why not just add a Titan gameplay mode to that? And mm. why not? They, they, they may they have, have already. Yeah, yeah maybe they have already. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I, yeah, none of us play that game. I, I played a bunch of it. it it's great. It's great. It's, a, a, a lot of a lot of the stuff that made Titanfall really special is definitely mm. in, in that game, especially like your uh, your mobility, which for a while yeah, became standard in like yeah, yeah. every first person shooter. Your wall runs and you know yep. parkour shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of faded back to regular uh, old uh, soldier stuff, but yeah, not in Apex. Mm-hmm. It's I'm still wearing that badge. Anyway, let's move along to number three. I 
I know what you're trying to do. This is meant to be a swerve. Is it? This is the sequel. This is Bushido Blade 2. And the reason I know that is it was so weird how they took a very serious Japanese game of the first original Bushido Blade and they gave it like a 70s reskin for the second one and it became a 70s kung fu well, sort of thing. That's where you're wrong because that was actually a clip from the first game. What? Whoa! From the, uh, the, the mode where you fight 100 ninjas. Oh, uh, that? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but do you remember they did that with the second? The second one had this weird... It, it, 70s motif it that did, added to it. Yeah, there, there was a certain 70s-ness to it, and I think nowhere was that clearer than with the character of Tony Umeda, the yes. short, skinny black dude with an afro and a purple suit with no shirt. You sure don't look like a Narukagami. But then again, you don't look a thing like one of the Shinto either. Hey, I'm smooth and I got the groove. I may not look like a fighter, <laughs> but I am. <laughs> Oh, no. God, hey. Uh, Yeah. I'm sorry. (laughs) The first Bushido Blade has a storyline, which is about one member of, like, a secret school of assassins decides to escape, and then the rest of the people there are sent after them. Yes. You can decide which one it is. Canonically, it is this guy, who I think is... uh, Black Lotus in the first game looks like Wesley from as the Dread Pirate Roberts from the Princess Bride. Uh, in the second game, yeah. they bring him back as Highwayman and give him the most gruesome Irish accent imaginable. Cone, are you all right? A newcomer. State your purpose. There are many enemies ahead. I'll help. Highwayman, was it? You helped me? <laughs> yes, I am a newcomer, but I'm very skilled. <laughs> You'll just get in my way. You doubt me so much? Then let me show you. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's worse than oh. Tom Cruise's far and away accent. <laughs> oh. That's saying something. Well, tell me more, Michael, because I'm very new to this series. Um, <laughs> so the cool Let thing me grab a point. about Bushido Blade that everyone loved, it was uh, it debuted on PlayStation 1, yeah. Yeah. and it was a completely unique fighting game where yeah. you picked katanas and a variety of other swords and hammers and shit like that. Yes. And... You could, all it took was one killing blow to end a fight immediately. Mm-hmm. So fights yeah. were very short or they could be very long because if you, you would either win by one of two ways, you just immediately charge straight at your opponent and try to land a hit before they do, or you both hang back and are very cautious and kind of poke at each other, trying to set the other opponent up to make a mistake. And then you can, you know, you find an opening and you slash whatever it's it's a very meticulous game about blocking and and slashing and uh another cool thing about it was that you could cause injuries you, you could, could maim right if you yeah, yeah you, you could hit your opponent in mm. an arm and then the arm would just dangle there uselessly and they'd have to fight one-handed or you could hit them in the leg and then they'd have to crawl around on uh, on one knee basically trying to come after you and it was so humiliating yeah that's <laughs> That was key to, like, there was a thing to get through the story faster because the story, Mm. rather than taking place in a series of arenas, like, the first arena is really, really big and, like, you know, it consists of a bunch of different areas that you can move freely through, including a bamboo forest with bamboo Mm -hmm. trees you can cut down. It's super cool. But the idea was, like, if you get to the, like, there's a well that you have to jump down and you can disable your opponent and then jump Mm -hmm. down the well 
And yep. you can uh, just skip most of the fighters that you have to fight. And, like, there's one more fight with a regular character, and then it's just like a series of boss fights after that. Yep. Um, it was great. One I of whom it. had a gun, which is blatantly unfair. Schwarzakatsa. Bless you. <laughs> All right. And Bushido Blade 2, like, just gave you a bunch of characters who all had, like, voiced cutscenes and story yeah. modes. And it was about this war between these, these two schools of assassins, the, the Narukagami, which were the, you know, the ones from the first game, and the mm. Shinto, which were their rivals and out for revenge against them. And so it was all about, like, you know, fight through all their... Uh, disciples, and then get to, like, the final guy, the head of the order, and execute them. Montague's Capulets. Got it, Michael. Basically, Got it. yeah. You know, I, I think, honestly, Bushido Blade 2, it was fine, but it sort of proved to me bigger isn't always better. Mm -hmm. Like, it just didn't feel as refined a package as that first one did. That's I'm true, like, yeah. I'm like, no, the first one was, it knew what it was, it was good at what it was, and yeah, it wasn't for everybody, because, yeah, sometimes it kind of sucks to get hit once and lose a fight, mm -hmm. but it's like, that's... That's what that game was. You, you would have to completely restart the campaign. Like, one wrong move, and you're starting that yep. campaign from scratch, right? Mm -hmm. And and 2 was like, well, we're going to be a little bit more forgiving. We're going to go bigger with the voiceover and stuff. And I'm like, nah, that's not what I'm here for. Yeah. I, I'm here I'm here to listen to Japanese voiceover and very serious. And uh, basically just the scene in every anime ever with swords where it's like the standoff. Mm -hmm. One dude moves forward, slashes. The other guy falls to his knees and starts bleeding afterwards. That yeah. That's how this yeah, goes. Yeah, exactly. That, that is what Bushido Blade is. Although the sequel did add uh, some characters could fight with two swords. Some characters mm -hmm. could use the Iaido style where it's like the sword is sheathed and then you just like whip it out and kill in one motion. Yeah. That was really cool. It's all oh, that yeah. on TikTok, man. The apple falls apart. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, but the... Like, th this game just stopped at 2, and the developers went on to make something called Kengo, which was, like, a PS2 launch game. And I remember renting that, and it's like, they it, it's built as a spiritual successor, but number one, it's it's far more boring and, like, you know, kind of <laughs> taking a more realistic view of, like, oh, samurai in peacetime, just going around to all these dueling tournaments. And, like, yeah. well, that's dumb. Uh, and... What's dumber is that it took away the one-hit kills. Like, now you have an energy meter and you're slashing away. And it's like, well, that it removes the thing I liked most about Bushido Blade. That's what so. made it special and different. Exactly, yeah. 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 I mean, at least you could make that a mode. But, but you know, have the main mode be what that series is known for. Like, yeah, for mm -hmm. noobs, if they want a fucking power bar, go, go for it. If you want to pretend this is a bad Street Fighter 2, have at it. But, uh, no, I'm, I'm over here with the real Bushido Blade players losing yeah. in one hit. Yeah, instead of Bushido Babe, and it's just, I guess, that's what they call the lady fans out there. Where are my Bushido yeah. Babes at? Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this series was a lot of fun. I it, it was, it. It, but it was like... It, they should um, remake it. I, 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 I may not be the most informed to speak on it, but like I don't know what home console generation was better for fighting games than the PS1, and... You can kind of tell because this is like one of several Square Enix fighting Square Saw fighting games, which is not mm -hmm. really a genre they bothered to dabble in ever again. Well, uh, once you make Toe Ball, yeah. where do you yeah. go from there? You just stop. You know. Yeah, you made the perfect game. Why? Why move forward? Yeah. Oh why, yeah. Toe why Ball. Do too. anything else? Yeah. And toe Ball too. Fantastic use of Gurad shading and Akira Toriyama character designs. Uh, anyway, let's move on to number two. So what's with the feed watch on your arm, man? What, you think you're some kind of mega man or something? <laughs> pretty cool, huh? 
I'm here to avenge Captain Blue. Just call me... Uh, ah, I haven't come up with a good name yet. No, I am. No, I am. I'm the one who put that star on Captain Blue's plane. Now you'll be lucky if you get away with your life, boy. It's good voice acting. Yeah, Hook Davidson, fantastic voice acting on that character. Uh, what what series is this? This is beautiful, baby. This is beautiful, Joe. Beautiful, beautiful Joe. Joe. One and two, and no other games that we recognize. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're not canon. They're, yeah. they're well, they're, there was they're handheld. There was Red Hot Rumble, which was on consoles, but was like a Smash Brothers type game that was based Power on Stone. the beautiful Joe yeah, cartoon series animated series and then there was beautiful joe double trouble on ds which was you could maybe say it's a sequel slash spinoff it's a new story that takes place in the real world instead of in movie land which is literally where the, the one and two take place fewer enemies but similar action but uh hideki kamiya has gone on record as saying you know, he would love to make Beautiful Joe 3 and finish the franchise, so uh, I'll take that as confirmation that Double Trouble is not a true sequel. If they don't have the number, they are not the third game in That's the series. That's true. Also, nobody but Dragon Quest considers DS games to be fully-fledged entries <laughs> in a long-running right. series. They went uh, to hide there for years and mm-hmm. came back to console. Oh, now you're yep. making me think of Okami. You know, Okami did. That even oh, happened? okay, fair point. Sure. Yes, Capcom yeah. did that. Yeah. No, but Beautiful Joe, I love, and you mentioned it's made in movie land, and, and I think, so, you know the stuff that we all wanted to like about Blinks the Time Sweeper, or <laughs> maybe even Braid, um, imagine if you did that, but with a, a big game, a substantial game, and it was a lot more fun, um, that's Beautiful Joe, it, it had it had time manipulation as one of its premises, because it is supposed to be like this movie land thing where you're kind of a... It's like last last action hero of the video game. You, yeah, you're, you're, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Because, yeah, at the beginning of the first game, Joe and his girlfriend Sylvia are at this film festival showing all these old tokusatsu movies. Tokusatsu being like that Japanese brand of superhero, mm-hmm. uh, and you know about his favorite superhero, Captain Blue, and Captain Blue is defeated in the movie, unheard of, and uh, Sylvia gets pulled into. The movie and kidnapped, and so the spirit of Captain Blue passes on his V watch to to Joe, and uh, Joe, of course, just makes a mess of things. Your heroes has awakened. Now the V watch is responding to your hero instincts deep down inside. When the V watch starts to glow, say the word. Henshin. Henshin and Go-Go, baby! Yeah. yeah, there it is. Uh, I can't stop playing Henshin Impact, according to Chris. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, but you, it had time powers. You could you could mm-hmm. slow down time, you could yeah. speed up time and, and do a bunch of combos. And they were rewind. related to film. It was like you're slowing down the film. Mm-hmm. You're you're speeding up the film. Uh, and, and yeah, you'd get like a film strip effect that came in at the edges of the screen. And man, did slowing down time ever sound fucking cool. That let you do stuff like, oh, someone's shooting a bullet or a missile at you, you slow down time and you punch it and it'll send it right back. 
that's the coolest part of like the Flash when you see the Flash on TV and movies. It's not that he can move so fast; it's that to him, everything seems like it's standing still. He's going so fast, and that mm-hmm. to me is just is just way cooler. Yeah. Or if you're the Quicksilver that died, or maybe he's the one who didn't die. I never remember mm-hmm. which one got killed. The one yeah. that didn't die. WandaVision never followed up on that. <laughs> <laughs> Shockingly. It's so bizarre, even though yeah, Joe's a fighting character. I think if you look very technically, he's... This is a case for maybe too many Capcom characters. He's in more fighting games than he is in beautiful Joe games. Of course. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it, this is one of those series we talked about. It kind of like, it was huge for the span of three or four years and then yeah. just went away and we're yeah. like what the fuck we wanted more of that like what happened just just yeah. michael bringing up the cartoon show like is there is there a game with fewer entries that got a cartoon show like bubsy got to three uh, <laughs> it, it was was this at the peak of cell shading in games or was this is fairly into the cell shading no it's this is a right? couple this is a couple years after it kind of had fallen out of fashion it was just a a good choice uh, to make a 2D, yeah. 3D game. And I love, I think I was instantly attracted to the way it looked. I, 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 it was, it's my understanding, and I don't know this for a fact, and I never asked, uh, but remember it was one of those games that was announced exclusive to GameCube, thereby limiting its audience pretty significantly right up the bat, and then eventually yeah. came to PS2 after the heat had kind of cooled down. And then I think the, sec- right. the second one just this- came to PS2. Was this a Capcom 5 game? It was. It was a Capcom 5 game. So it was this, Resident Evil 4, Piano 3. Killer 7? Um, yeah, Killer 7. And was there one that got canceled? I forget. I said it, Greg. I said Killer 7. You can yeah. stop yelling at <laughs> your AirPods. Yeah. I will tell you, if you are an indie dev with a smaller budget and you want to make sure your game doesn't look like shit in a few years, cell shading yeah. is a valid option. Like yeah. it, it makes games hold up visually way longer than they should you know like it's it's i still to me it still looks great it's like yeah that's a playable cartoon i am playing yeah. a cartoon right yeah now. like old graphics that are cell shaded age beautifully mm-hmm. mm-hmm. there's no no exceptions like even even like the original jet grind radio with its big chunky polygon still looks pretty good because yeah. of the cell shade yeah, and that, that's... yeah the resolution is is you know a little lower than you want mm-hmm. it to be but yeah it, it still looks pretty great think when when is this still available to buy anywhere? It's not like Capcom to not resell its whole They game. own it, right? Like, they didn't license no, it. I like, it is so. a Capcom original. Yeah. So. yeah. And he's in a bunch of their ensemble games. So, yeah, I have yeah. to imagine it's original. But, like, yeah, this would... I would love to play this, download this, whatever, 4K version of Beautiful Joe. I'm, I'm just, yeah, I mean, Capcom, they've been releasing collections for things like Mega Man. Just give us a Beautiful Joe collection. What do we got? Four or five games total in the series that... <laughs> Yes, four games in this series that only had two games. Yes, but they're, you know, two don't yeah. count. Two we don't, don't acknowledge. They're, they're spinoffs. Yeah. yeah. Fair yeah. enough. Uh, but so yeah. hit the fucking pause button or the fast forward button on, on development, Capcom, and mm. get on that. Please. Get on it. Henshin yeah. oh, a go-go, trip, baby. Yeah, bring that th- stuff to fruition. Also, in the second game, we haven't talked about that very much. I don't know if I played it that much, but it was kind of cool because... Uh, it added Joe's girlfriend, Sylvia, who's like, she's not a damsel anymore. Now she's a superhero who travels alongside him, and you can switch between them at any time. Go, Sylvia! I'm in! Yep, just tag her in. She has pom-poms for some reason, like a cheerleader, but... Uh, 
I actually, yeah. if I'm being honest, I I, I, I want to say that's probably why this the series didn't go much further is because two wasn't really all that different, and Beautiful mm. Joe mm. one was kind of a short game, and I just remember being profoundly irritated having like beat all the enemies over and over again, and then last boss rush mode, and like it just it didn't have a lot of content and. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I'm really glad you went how there. Do you I make thought it better. You add Dante from Devil May Cry. There you go. <laughs> in the PS2 version, he is in there. You do. I I really am glad you went there, Chris. Because at first I was like, please don't say it. Please don't tell me it didn't go further because it had a playable female protagonist. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure it's all Sylvia's fault. Uh, yeah, it's William Sylvia. Got fucking woke Capcom. Woke Capcom had had a playable female. Yeah, look what yeah. happened when She Hulk twerk Marvels. Stock prices dropped and cratered like idiots, <laughs> idiots. God, giving everyone I'm, I'm a voice glad they're, was a they're, mistake. I'm glad they're yeah. threatened by the fake green female <laughs> Hulk giantess. Well, on that note, fuck? on that note, just to close that beautiful Joe, I think he's one of the coolest original design characters yeah. I've ever yes. seen. Looks yeah. like Fred Durst, and then he looks like Fred Durst in a spandex <laughs> costume. With, oh. Yeah, with this trademark red. Yeah, he's um, got his red goatee and his, his big baggy shorts. It's yeah, like a perfect yeah. representation of how everyone dressed and looked in the early 2000s. Cheer! <laughs> go, go, baby! That's yeah. why they can't they can't re-release them and have the Junko license, uh, you know, for his, his, his yeah. fucking yeah. wardrobe. It was like Devil May Cry 2 with those diesel uh, yeah. fashions. It's like, oh, no, no, it's all licensed. Can't can't bring it back easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was, this, I would love to pay like 20 bucks to revisit this i I don't know why that doesn't hasn't happened maybe someday maybe with that attitude it's not going to 20 dollars give him more credit than that please get on your former employers chris come on i don't know what to do there anymore do do what people used to do to you and just randomly call and demand it (laughs) make a beautiful joe three and maybe you'll get the president (laughs) of the company he's like yes this is a very good idea we should do this by by yes I, i know i told that story here several times but like uh People called to harass many people at Capcom, but that was the only one I got specifically because I think someone just dialed at random. There was no reason to associate me with Beautiful Joe, but called up, demanded Beautiful Joe 3, and I think was a little, what the hell do you have against Beautiful Joe? I'm like, dude, I love that game. You a Beautiful Joe fan? He's like, yeah, it's good. I'm like, I know, I know. I got an action figure here on my desk. Um, yeah, I love Beautiful Joe. I'm like, but you're not supporting the Wii U. Funny you should ask. We have a Wii U game coming out next month. Um, you, you do? It's great talking to you. Great harassing you. Bye. <laughs> I'm sure it was. Ended up converting him to a Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate Sale. Mm, of course. <laughs> nice, nice. All right, well, let's move ahead to... Oh, it's you. You know her? It's been a long time. How have you been? I've been really busy being dead. You know, after you murdered me. You did what? Uh... Oh no! No, 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 no! Oh no, 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 no! Okay, look. We both said a lot of things that you're going to regret. But I think we can put our differences behind us. For science. You monster. <laughs> oh, GLaDOS. I How love could you, we so. not include this? Yeah. But this is not for a specific game series, I mean, right? this is, this is well. for Portal, but it's also 
for every Valve game. Because uh, Valve can't count to <laughs> can't three. can't count to three. Har, har. But and honestly, the reason we put this one in, I think, is I, I told you guys, like, this is the only series I really want them to do a third in. Like, I, mm. I, I liked Half-Life 2. I played Half-Life 1 after the fact, so at the time I was like, oh, I, I see why it's important, but it's not great. Um, I don't care if they make another Half-Life. There have been three Half-Life things I didn't touch, you know, like a couple mm. episodes and a VR game uh, versus if the, once there again, was only, only three two episodes. <laughs> yeah, two yeah. episodes. Uh, yeah. Alex is a fantastic game. I wish more people Could had the means it. to play it because yeah, yeah. you can only play it on a VR-equipped PC still. Yeah. Yeah. Um, bring that shit to PSVR. Come on. Yeah, and and, there, and with, to be fair to Portal... There have been other portal experiences. They like yes. license it out for like Lego. Yeah. There was a portal well, thing. There, right? there was the portal bridge constructor. Yeah, a, yes, but yeah. y- yes, there there was the uh, portal Lego thing, which I think got the the voice cast back. Like even J.K. Yeah. Simmons is in there. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's like it's like, a, it's like a new portal campaign, mm-hmm. just I, not as good. I have a clip. I got the elevator from test chamber 93, went to the incinerator, party, cake, location. But this makes sense. Criminals always return to the scene of the crime. And look who else showed up. Space is my favorite color. Space. 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 Oh, that guy is really annoying. I mean, honestly, you wouldn't believe how annoying he is. Very annoying. 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 It just says annoying a bunch more times. Uh, yeah, is that the real Wheatley voice? I think that's Stephen Merchant. It sounds it's... like him. Um, but it it is uh, like the humor. Something about it is it's like it's not quite as sharp. It's a little more like Saturday morning kid show level. It needs to be. Yeah, it's, yeah. In, it's in a Lego. In, what was that one called? Lego Dimensions. Dimensions. Yeah, Lego. Dimensions. Yeah, and and it was. Uh, purchasable expansion pack mm-hmm. right you had to get yeah. the toys and, mm-hmm. and buy the dlc but at launch i mean i remember playing it it, it felt nice and it, it, all that i guess somewhat to valve's credit it, it did like lend the port i think portal 2 specifically licensed out to a bunch of other smaller games leading me to believe like this series would be addressed at some point and it's been 10 years yeah Yep. The best we've gotten is Aperture Desk Job, which mm-hmm. was it's basically yeah. a tech demo for the Steam Deck. Uh, still very playable on PC. Still really fun. Not a portal game. Even um, even Dota, its first game in the series, is a two. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I feel like the history of Portal is just so fascinating because you know the first one was part of that orange box, mm-hmm. and it was a relatively yeah. short experience. It felt, I mean, it it, it, it was, was what, kind eight of sold hours as an maybe? extra. Yeah, yeah, it, it was kind of kind of like a tech demo. And two was a masterpiece because it's like, yeah, we we proven out this tech, mm-hmm. and now what if we did this with a full campaign in giant mm-hmm. worlds and, and giant rooms versus just you know, Portal One was mostly those test rooms, you know. Yeah, that, but that was, but it was, was also I th- I've heard the argument like Portal One is a perfect game. It is, and yeah, they're not wrong. Like it's it's very clean and quick and has very little fat on it it's all just like test chambers but with enough story to keep things interesting and the story is mm-hmm. delivered in a way that doesn't interrupt or hinder the gameplay yeah, uh, yeah you can play you can play through it in 90 minutes to three hours mm-hmm. at like watching a comfort movie yeah it i rules. still prefer two though because gabe sure. johnson yeah gabe johnson. Johnson. johnson with the lemons yeah and it goes from funny to tragic and uh it's just just a, an amazing, amazing experience. It, all the, way. the orange box is such a bizarre thing in general, just mm. because I think 
it was Valve's vision to be able to sell all those individual components separately online, but we weren't really there yet as mm-hmm. a culture, and it had to be packaged in this thing with a really dumb title. They canceled the, the black orange box, didn't box. they? I, don't, I, I just remember the orange box. Yeah, they, was... they, it was, there were supposed to be two. There was supposed to be a black box, and they'd have So what all, content. let's do sound off. What all was in there? It was it was Half-Life 2. Team uh-huh. Fortress. And then Episode two. 1 and 2 of Half-Life 2, right? Or yes. at least Episode 1. Team Fortress 2 was in there, or just Team, Team Fortress, Fortress 1? Team Fortress 2 was in there. And then Portal. And the, yeah, but I remember making fun of that for one of my first uh, bad box art features, and it's it's like you know it's not bad, but like the thing about the orange boxes box that struck me is like if you were just kind of not looking directly at it, like it looks like productivity software. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. you got Gordon yeah, yeah. Freeman who looks eerily like Peter Norton. You've got the heavy from Team Fortress 2 who's like, oh, that's the friendly working class guy who's going to use this to make spreadsheets for his business. And yeah, uh, yeah, and then you've got like the portal thing, which is just like, oh, this could just be any productivity software's logo. Okay, Uh, that's that's the confusing part about it, because Half-Life 2 had been on at least, I think, Xbox and PS2. Uh and maybe. I I mean you look at the front of the orange box, it's like Half-Life 2, Episode 2. Team Fortress and Portal also featuring Half-Life 2 yeah. and Half-Life 2 yeah, Episode right. 1. Yeah, because confirmed two, it. Yeah. So what was new for the Orange Box was Episode 2 because Episode yes, 1 right. had already yeah. been released as that, as that was the big selling game. point. And, you know, yeah. now nobody talks about that. It's all Portal. Yeah, yeah. That was portal the best was part. The it was, it was this hit, small yeah. little game. But to me, it, that was like, hey, they didn't tell us about this. This is the amazing thing this is what i care to play the most in this in this thing so yeah it was i I did like the the slow burn that that became and i think one of the first one game in a series that like instantly generated merchandise that sold out also immediately aperture labs everything companion cube Uh, oh yeah yeah, companion cube it's it doesn't make it i don't like to give valve a ton of shit because you know I believe Gabe Newell's a sincere guy and that they mm-hmm. are always kind of developing stuff and throwing it away. But like this, yeah, it doesn't make sense not to revisit this series every so yeah. often. And I, I have a theory, years. though. So, you know, the joke, the, the Valve can't count to three. I do have a theory why. And, and I think his heart's in the right place. It's Valve likes to, they don't like to iterate. They like to innovate. Yes. Right. And so Half-Life 2 was a huge step above Half-Life 1, right? Portal 2, you could say, well, less lesser step, but still they took that portal model and they gave it a full campaign and stuff like that. They really don't like to do sequels unless the sequel is there sort of to introduce the engine. a new technology, a yes. new engine, or, yeah. or some new it, gameplay it, feature like the gravity gun with Half-Life 2, yes. right? Like, it's, like It's something I was... Because I, I love Left 4 Dead 1 2. Love it. And if you mm-hmm. don't have the steam version you don't know what how the fans have made that game so much more playable with free mods and uh extra missions like there's no reason to make a left for dead 3 because i don't think valve thinks it until there's something technologically like the gravity gun or something or an engine something that the fans can't do to the game themselves and do yeah and uh, on a regular basis and say i think portal has a bunch of ports as well it's just like I can't afford Stephen Merchant in my fan game, or uh, or whoever Gladys's act voice actress is. Only you can, only you can make an official version of this. Yeah. Um, and I really wish they would. Yeah, 
Well, they, um, they do it again. It's it's when there's new text. Like the only yeah. the reason we got Half Life Alex was they really wanted a, a showcase piece for VR tech, right? Yeah. Which which came like a couple years after the Vive had launched. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, mm-hmm. you're a bit late to the party with this, guys. Yeah, well, even I think that's why. I think that's why Half Life Two Episode One and Two, as confusing as those titles are, it's because no, these are we we can't call it Half Life Three. It's not doing anything big enough to progress the series, right. but the demand was so high for Half Life content. They're like, yeah, we got to give you something. And I want to say, isn't that unfinished? Like, wasn't there supposed to? Yeah, be it more ends on a cliffhanger. There was supposed yeah, to be yeah. an episode three, and they never finished episode three. So it's like that's they, our next top five things. Hung that it over our top over our heads for years, and it's and the never same thing I, I I say to, about like you know I'm a beautiful Joe fan. Give us beautiful Joe three. Like, well, what do you really want out of this game that you can't get from replaying one and two? How is this supposed to move the series forward? And mm-hmm. I think that's where Valve is stuck. Like, what? How can Half Life Three be special? Now, mm, what would yeah. warrant its existence other than voice acting? Um, I, I also think that's coupled with. So my theory is still, I, I I think one of the main reasons, but it's also coupled with the fact that they were a developer that all of a sudden their business model shifted, where they just make a shit ton of money just existing and having a storefront versus needing to yes. develop and publish their own game. It, it's like true, the, but the I, Valve Store just makes them money hand over fist. I don't, compared I don't to believe actually it's, I don't believe the cost it's that, of developing games. I don't believe it's that cynical because, like, I think they are constantly making things and throwing them away. Well, they can afford because to can because afford to of that, that store. You know, if, if if the Steam if Steam didn't exist, Valve could not afford to do that. They'd be yeah. just like any other developer. Like, they need hits to to sell games. Right? Also, so. it's worth pointing out. It's been pointed out to me on several occasions. Technically, there is a Portal Three. It is the co-op yeah, the campaign. Co-op. That's sure. in and and it has you know it's its own storyline. Uh, it's got more voice acting from Glados. You did an excellent job placing the edgeless safety cube in the receptacle. You should be very. Oh wait, that's right. They're not humans. I can drop the fake praise. You have no idea how tiring it is to praise someone for placing an edgeless safety cube into a receptacle designed to exactly fit an edgeless safety cube. By the way, the edgeless safety cube is a sphere. Oh, just saying. <laughs> ah, mm-hmm. okay. All things are cubes. But yeah, Portal Two, Half Life Two, Left for Dead Two. Take your pick. Um, we got through. I will point out, we got through that entire number one mm-hmm. without one cake as a lie joke. You are hey. welcome. Oh, listeners. you ruined our streak. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that wasn't a joke. Team that was Fort- a lie. Team Fortress yeah. Two. Don't forget that. Can they make a ricochet eh. too. Uh, <laughs> like with Denzel Washington. <laughs> I realized a while ago the cake is a lie thing movie. the whole thing with the cake at the end might have been referencing Super Mario 64 because you know Peach lures Mario to the castle with a cake yeah. oh gosh although then it, there is a picture of a cake at the very end yes. of the game I don't so. think it has anything to do with that but let's go ahead Probably and get not. that headcanon moving sure why not no. Uh, anyway, that's been our top five, two and through. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we're going to take a little break because we did not. And when we come back, we're going to talk about a bunch of new releases. We've had a bunch of press events to talk about with God. the game company showing off their cool new shit. So we'll get into that right after this. I'm fine, just in case you think I'm You wouldn't know 
Let's get scratching. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. But I want to talk about good cartoons. Talk we're talking about, about a good cartoon, a good Man. experience, a movie I have seen three times. What? What? I've seen three times. Yeah, I've seen it twice already. Uh, that's Chippendale Rescue. What the fuck? I, I'm supposed to be the, like the diehard here. Jesus Christ. It, it is, I, does seem like a movie custom made for you, though, Chris, because it's like yeah. the sequel to Roger Rabbit. We never it, is, it is Roger Rabbit, and I, I don't say this with cynicism, it's Roger Rabbit for uh, millennials and Gen Xers. Uh, yeah. and, and, and just because, like, you know, I didn't want to spoil things for Michael. I was just, like, trying to say, like, you're not going to see Mickey. And you're not going to see Donald, really. But, like, dude, there's schnookums in meat in the end credits, for fuck's sake. I don't think that's been acknowledged by Disney in any way ever. But there's, like, they're just, boom, there in the end. It's fucking crazy. It, it, uh, some of those cameos that they got and the, so, yeah. Randy Marsh is in a... Randy Marsh is, Randy in Marsh a is fucking, chilling in a sauna. In a, in a sauna room. I was... I, I got... With uh, two of the three little pigs. <laughs> Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And welcome back to our second segment, where we're just going to dive straight into that sound. Oh, shit. Oh, whoa. As I pretend to interrupt myself with the sound. Uh, Michael, anything to add to the Splatoon 3 conversation? Um, the I, discourse? I played a bit of the story mode and quite liked it. It's and really it, cool. Yeah, and, and for just for funsies, because they, they have this character called the Captain. Like So, mm-hmm. you know, f- for a while, it, it's like, oh, it's, it's like Splatoon 2, where you're just going through these little discrete levels and... Uh, yeah, you know, this old man is convinced the octoling or no, not octolings, uh, octalians. What are they called? Uh, I, the, yeah. the creepy octopus monster things. Nickelodeon uh, game. Yeah, they've they've stolen mm. the zapfish. Yeah, we need to get it back. And you know, the, there's a huge upturned Eiffel Tower as the backdrop for this for some reason. And you go down into a pit, and uh, things transpire, and you find yourself deep underground. In a weird synthetic environment that may have been left there by humans. And now there are stakes and it, Callie and Marie come back as agents one and two. And they have a little inkling sitting between them who, you know, just the, the standard inkling girl, but with the captain's hat. And it's like, oh, this is the captain. They don't talk. And uh, it's like, well, I wonder if that's like my player character from Splatoon 2 or something. So I logged into Splatoon 2 to see, like, does it look the same? It doesn't. But I did see everyone in Splatoon 2 now has those little doodle banners that appear, you know, in oh, word really? balloons when you go and talk to them. And they're, But they're all like, oh, I'm too poor to afford Splatoon 3. Right. right. <laughs> it's like when Destiny 2 came out and you go back to play Destiny 1. It's just sad. Mm-hmm. It's just sad at that point. Yeah. yeah. I, I did. If I didn't, wasn't clear on last show, I think it, kind of is the most impressive single player unique single player campaign of any shooter I've ever seen. Hmm. Yeah, apparently a lot of uh destroying targets later on. So but it, some it, people it's, on Twitter it's, getting vexed it, about that. It's the most fun tutorial 
to like learning. How did yes. you do with the uh, uh, gyroscope stuff? Did you turn it on and you leave it I on? I turned it off within as soon as I could. I tried um, to keep I it on. I just not couldn't a fan. get used to it, which is weird because Monster Hunter, you know, I'm constantly hitting the camera button. I just mm. couldn't get the hang of it at the Splatoon. Well, I, I like it for stuff like fine-tuning aim. But when mm. it's my only option for looking up and down, I have to yeah. tilt the thing. Yeah. I don't like right. that. Like, either well, let me yeah. use both, or I'm just using the analog stick. Be honest with the listeners. Michael mm. had a tragic incident with balancing a pizza as a teen. Yeah. Third-degree burns were involved. It's mm-hmm. just he can't he can't use motion <laughs> controls anymore. Yeah, well, it's actually I'm a pig, and I can't look up. So this is uh, ableist <laughs> and offensive. Is that a thing with pigs? <laughs> I, I don't know. It might be an urban legend. Pigs it can't better look be up, it. That would like <laughs> that would ruin some of the dialogue sequences Charlotte's in Charlotte's Web. Was web. Full of shit. Yeah, she's, yeah. yeah, she's not building a web on the floor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, no, no. I, I just find that really uncomfortable and janky because, like, you know, I might just move the controller slightly, and then the camera pans up, and I can't just do it when i want to the way i'm used to so like yeah, i'm sure that a, this is going to give me more control but eh. it's something i've consistently struggled Good. with with that series i get that that's probably the preferred way to play it and clearly first person shooters should advance control wise from analog sticks but i cannot mm-hmm. ever get the hang of it ever yeah um but yeah splatoon 3 is fun and Got i recommend it and uh i also recommend steel rising which mm. i Played out of curiosity, and then I genuinely enjoy it, and I want to play more of it. And it's uh, it's a game by Spiders, the developer that made Greedfall, and oh, yeah. it's it's like an alternate history of the French Revolution. Like, what if the French Revolution was crushed because Louis the Sixteenth? had an army of automaton soldiers that suddenly went out of control. And uh, you play as as one of them who is, through some fluke, only loyal to Marie Antoinette, who's been confined to a room in Versailles. And so she decides, like, I'm going to send you out to be my eyes and ears. You get past all these robot guards, figure out what's happening in Paris, and also figure out what happened, you know, to, to kill my son because I haven't been told anything about that and I feel like he's still in this world. And, and s'il vous plaît, bring me some cake yes, while you're out yes. there. <laughs> so, yeah, lionizes Marie Antoinette a bit. Okay, fine. Um, or, or tur- you know, turns her into a victim. But uh, you yeah, are playing as a sexy 18th century android, basically, named Aegis. And uh, you get to decide what Aegis looks like to a degree. You know, which which powdered wigs do you wear? Do you do you want metal arms or porcelain ones? And what uh, complexion do you want? Should she be black or white or like a creepy geisha caricature? I don't know. It's up to you. Um, but yeah, it it is a souls like. You have these uh, vestal statues that you find all over Paris. That's the other thing. It's Paris as a semi-open world Dark Souls environment. Uh, gay-ass Paris. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been run down and overrun by robots. and <laughs> Just like the real thing. Yes. And you die, you get sent back to the last Vestal statue you activated. There's yeah. a lot of upgrades you can unlock. Uh, compared to something like Elden Ring, I find it really easy, which also means oh. it's, you know, pretty fun. And I saw a Kotaku article, I think, pointing out, like, there's a ton of difficulty options that you can fine-tune, uh, as so long as you're fine with losing access to a couple of uh, 
difficulty related achievements but you can you can make it so that you t- you know adjust the percentage of damage you take you can make it so that enemies do 0% damage like if you're like huh. i just want to learn this enemy's patterns without getting huh. trashed every time yeah i'm just going to turn off damage and fight it like that for a while um yeah you can make it so you don't lose all of your souls equivalent whatever it is uh every time you die and have to do a corpse run you mean to tell me someone put difficulty sliders in a souls game and the world didn't come to an end (laughs) i know right (laughs) oh my gosh whatever will the internet do Mm -hmm. and i want to take it back this is a too human like not a souls like uh that was (laughs) (laughs) it's more human than too human Uh, (laughs) human than too human too human and through. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I, yeah, I was very pleasantly surprised by this. I was, I just kind of played it out of curiosity. And it's like, holy shit, this is actually a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying this. So, oh. uh, yeah, it's, it's very, you know, double A. You see a lot of, you know, repeated assets and environments and things like that. But it's also a really cool 18th century uh, ruined world to explore. And uh, you get to fight creepy-ass haunted robots in the Louvre. And, uh, yeah, what more do you want from a game? I have had great fun with Mortal Shell, in particular, was one of my favorite experiences in the previous year. And that is a very double-A Souls game. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting premise, though. Those shells are pretty cool. Mm -hmm. That's neat. You also played uh, Freedom Planet Do. Yes, I played a little bit of it. Um, I only realized it was out last night. If you've ever played Freedom Planet... It's like a Sonic-like, very heavily inspired by Sonic games. This one expands things a bit. You have, uh, I think previously you had two characters. Now you have four. Like you have a puppy scientist that can uh, sort of wave her paws in the air to fly and a like a panda guard with a spear and... Uh, you had me at puppy scientists. Yeah, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. they they all have like unique abilities, different guard abilities that you can use to sort of deflect things in different directions. And there's also like a power up button that you have. Is like okay, now you hit this button, and a little green cube floats behind you, and now it supercharges your your main attack. So instead of just like swatting at things, you now shoot out a big laser blast. And uh, this is powered by these crystals that you find throughout the game. And I don't know. It's it's a lot of fun, and it's, I, I love the first yeah. Freedom Planet game, and this looks so rad. It is it's like that. Like I love Sonic Mania, but that is like a tribute to old Sonic. Whereas mm-hmm. this is like, what if 3D never happened and Sonic just kept evolving in the 2D realm? Yeah, and uh, oh, so cool. Are are these crystals called entropy crystals by any chance, or? Uh... Maybe, probably. I'm I trying don't to care. think of the equivalent to Chaos Emerald. <laughs> oh, I see, I see. <laughs> well, they're they're more like Sonic's rings in that they're everywhere and you just collect them constantly, but they don't they don't keep you from getting killed. They just power your abilities. Ah, so, okay. hmm. cool. But yeah, and then yeah, last thing, um, Outer Wilds they announced a little bit ago is get was getting an upgrade for PS5 and Xbox Series X and S. If you already own it. You already have this for free, uh, but it basically Sweet. makes that game 60 frames per second on uh, on those platforms. And yeah, uh, this is my reason to go back and play that DLC. So now that it's 60 frames, it's still allegedly coming to Switch as well eventually. Uh, I just don't think that maybe has happened yet. So hmm. Now I can crash my little spaceship into planetary surfaces uh, at buttery smooth 60 FPS 60 instead frames. of 30. That's right. Yeah. 
But yeah, we have great affection for this game. It was on our game of the Indeed. year list, and uh, everyone should play it. Yes, Never even finished agreed. it, but like uh, was smitten by it. Hmm. Now the you'd, you'd you'd like the ending. The ending is very uh, touching. I, I, I liked everything about it. I, I just had so much stuff on my plate at the time. It's not often I can say a game has helped me have a different perspective on death. Wow. Okay. <laughs> you do die over and over and over again in that game. True. Because of circumstances. Yes. Because your universe is on, what is it, like a 22-minute timer or something like that? Yes, yeah. you're on like a loop. It's mm-hmm. a 22-minute it's loop. Yep, yep. Ooh. And you're the only one who seems to know it. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I think there are like one or two other characters who are aware of it, but uh, hmm. one of the, at least the one that you meet that I remember does not care. Like, well, what am I going to do about it? Who who knows? Uh, anyway, let's move along to news direct from Nintendo. Yes. We have the Nintendo direct. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It was. It was more, more. It felt like one of the more significant Nintendo directs because they've it kind of been focused did. on yeah. indies or single Pokemans, and then yeah. oh, here's here's a, a bunch of questions I wanted answered. Thank you. It, it showed Zelda. That that I think is why it, did. it felt significant to us. It's like oh, we finally saw more of Zelda, and it got a name. Tears of the Kingdom. Although you could read it, Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> but I, I think they didn't. They did now uh, yeah. pronounce it Tears of the Kingdom. Tears. But. Yeah. But, but, uh, which sounds like a Tears for Fears Greatest Hits compilation, but that's fine. More um, Zelda. This one involves a lot of jumping from a very high place. So I'm wondering, oh, Skyloft? Uh, Going to make Skyward that relevant? Sword. Yeah. Uh, please don't do, Please don't bring any Skyward Sword into any of my <laughs> Zelda games ever. Uh, it got dated as well. May 12th is, mm. is allegedly when it's coming out. May 12th, 2023. I'm so, inclined to believe them. That's a safe release date. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, so something to look forward to in May. Hell Why yeah. Why not? Yeah. Um, hey, something I've been looking forward to, a new Pikmin game. We were talking about Pikmin earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, Pikmin 4, officially revealed and will be coming to Switch in the year of our Lord 2023. Uh, so, yeah, look forward to that. Because really we've had, I mean, Pikmin 3 Deluxe or whatever they call that, that's a that's a Wii U game. So it's been a while since yeah. a new Pikmin game. We, a launchy yeah. Wii U game almost mm-hmm. 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Fire Emblem Engage. Yes. Uh, A Marth with multicolored hair. (laughs) And it is a mainline. They did confirm this is a mainline entry in the Fire Emblem series. What, to differentiate maybe from the, uh, I don't know, the the beat-em-up games that they have? The the two Fire Emblem beat-em-up games? Musou games? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, Let's see. Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe brings a Wii classic to the Switch. So, uh... Yeah, that's coming in 2023. Octopath Traveler 2 was announced. Mm-hmm. New heroes, same art style. If you like Octopath. New Octopus Troubler. I can't wait to trouble all those octopi. <laughs> <laughs> that's coming in February. That's coming in hot. Coming in soon. Uh, Bayonetta 3, still an ongoing concern. Gets a new trailer. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, Yeah, and it's coming to Switch. Uh, this, is, this is wild, right? It's set to be released. October 28th, this year. This year, Bayonetta 3 wow. is supposed to happen. I ho- That's certainly hope so. 
Like, just over a month away, we'll see if that happens. I, just in I, yes. time for Halloween. And it'll be an inter- right. interesting... I think it's like the last game I streamed. Hmm. Painted really? 2. 2? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's like... I, I've just been hurt before, and so it's like, yeah, that that's a date. We'll see. What we'll is see. that, like two weeks before God of War comes out? Oh, boy. Uh, one week before God of War comes yeah, out. Boy. Uh, this I think actually they had announced that date before. Now that I remember, like it, it feels pretty solid. I am super excited about Final Fantasy Theater Rhythm coming out anywhere, but uh, I, I thought it was just destined to remain locked on 3DS and um, uh, iPhone. And I because didn't it use touch controls primarily? Is that is that uh, yeah is yeah the yeah. deal with yeah? But it's it's a just a great theater. Like I know so much about Final Fantasy music for Final Fantasy games I've never played because of how much I really loved. Um, oh man, and just having that many songs on it, they were so expensive on the 3ds, like two dollars a song, uh, which you know is kind of standard for rhythm games, but whatever. Like, mm. it, well, this one comes with 385 yeah. songs that's ridiculous yeah. uh there's also a season pass to add another 90 and that will include non um final fantasy stuff like near oh, octopath traveler songs live alive some, so yeah that that's coming air guys February, soundtrack <laughs> sure why not fucking toe ball um so yeah that's coming february 16th uh there's a lot of golden eye stuff happening. oh is there ever it's so, so there is a version of a version of this coming to the Nintendo Online as a nin- Nintendo 64 game, along with Mario Party, Pokemon Stadium, um, and a bunch of other Nintendo 64 I'm games. I'm sorry, but th- this- that, that is still fucking infuriating. I have not paid for the expansion pass and feel no reason. T- the idea of, like, if you want 1080p snowboarding, you're gonna have to wait till next year. Like, get fucked like i can download this anytime i want what are you doing like really put all the mm. disney plus <laughs> isn't doing the shit if you want 101 dalmatians you're gonna have to wait until next may like no you put all your stupid goddamn games on this thing <laughs> and i'll give you extra money like you can't hype me mm. on mario party 3 yeah uh this isn't the only version of golden eye because no. like this week there was also announced it was very of, like, quiet they version. quietly announced uh well, because Michael and I, I, I can't remember where, where you were in the discussion, Matt, were like, what the... F-? Michael, I think, said, like, this is the kind of thing you got to move mountains to do. I don't know how this happened. Yeah, and, it's like a licensing nightmare. And I think now we mm-hmm. know, now that, like, the James Bond license isn't as big as it used to be, and it's not exclusive to one studio, that's a something you can overcome. What's hard to overcome is Nintendo's permission, because I, mm. I don't necessarily know why they'd need that, given Rare Replay has a bunch of N64 games, but I'm going to guess that Microsoft was ready to play ball because they traditionally kind of have been uh, over stuff like this. However, it's weird. Uh, and, and I think it's the first true platform battle of the subscription era. Which one do you get? The Nintendo 64 one is very Nintendo 64-y, but is, mm-hmm. will have online play exclusive whereas that's so weird the microsoft version will have be the same game but 4k widescreen with dual analog control support uh rather than just mm-hmm. n64 <laughs> controls which are yeah terrible uh, mm-hmm. and then and i'm like is this gonna be a debate in the gaming community and i just wanted to talk to you guys about that for a second now that we're we're adults we've worked in the games industry and it's like this is a novelty 
Um, <laughs> there's there's not going to be an upcoming esports out of Goldeneye. Like, mm, I don't know how yeah. much. I'll, like, I think I would kind of get just as much of a kick playing single player N64 style rather than like 4K yeah. graphics. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. I told you guys, I'll, and I'll go on the record. Goldeneye did not age well. I do not enjoy playing Goldeneye in you know modern day gaming. Like, sorry, like it, I, I get why it was important for its time. The four players, same room yep. co op and shit was amazing when I was in college and had people there to play with me. But I really don't need to play Goldeneye again. I'm fine without now, having Goldeneye. played it relatively recently for an Ultra sixty four. I went on relatively recently, being I think in the last couple of years. What do you? Yeah. I, um. Yeah. It, like, other than the con- the controls, like, I think it still holds up quite well. It was it was a very ahead of its time shooter, and it is. I I Matt, I know exactly what you're saying, and and I agree with Michael and Matt in that I know Matt's correct, but it's still like real. Just the music and the sound effects, like, it does bring me back. It is sure sure very, nostalgia. Yeah, nostalgia. It is powerful this. with that yeah, game of and. Yeah. I'll definitely pick it up, but I know for a fact I probably won't finish it. It's mm. not the biggest deal in the world which one I pick up, but it's just like, oh, now we have two different versions of the same game on not just different consoles, but subscription passes on those consoles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. it's kind of hard to pick one or the other because they're not exactly like picking up a single game, but like... Who knows? There might be someone out there who has to decide. Do I sign up for Game Pass or do I sign up for Switch Online? Yeah. The the thing about 1080 not coming till May like makes me wonder, like, are you just trying to space these things out so that people don't play through the entire library and then, uh, you know, cancel, cancel. The, the service? Like, I got news for yeah. you. I'm not going to play it at all. I just like the idea yes. of having access to it right. anytime and I, I want. I, I think that's what I wanted to be honest about. Like, none of us are really dying. There's, you know, there's a fucking source version of GoldenEye we can play right now if we wanted mm-hmm. to for maybe mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, 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 but, but just, uh, and there was already a GoldenEye remake, but that was like a real, real remake in, i.e., not nostalgic enough. Um, mm-hmm. So this is interesting and unprecedented, something we thought would never, ever happen. But yeah, I hope I hope arguments don't over erupt over this because it's just it's nice to have. But like, yeah, you know, my time with Goldeneye is what it was. I, <laughs> I, I just know. have very little nostalgia for Nintendo 64 games in general. Mm. They don't they didn't age well. I'm not the I'm not there. Muddy. And, and I, I swear that might be we have a minor age difference, right? Like two years or something. Yeah, but yeah. like mine is like right when I start driving the N64 is out and then like into college in dorms. So mm-hmm. like N64 straddles two periods of my life and it yeah. was yeah. wasn't amazing. Having Goldeneye in a dorm was formative. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah. No, I, I get it. I get it. It's mm-hmm. just yeah, it's not my nostalgia. Um speaking of nostalgia, Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion is coming to Switch as well. It's coming December 13th. Here's the thing. So I was hopeful for that title. Like, oh, this is going to be a full, you know, built from the ground up like Final Fantasy VII Remake. The fact that it's also coming to Switch leads me to believe it probably isn't that. Like, it it seems now like more of a remaster Ah, of the PSP. Because if it was, it wouldn't run on fucking Switch. It it could maybe if it was a cloud game. I I don't see that here. Or a Sephiroth game. 
God damn it. God Jesus damn it. <laughs> Flooding people with dad jokes. Oh, Holy shit. Hockey of dad jokes this episode. Yeah. More of a reaction than that terrible joke deserved. Oh. Get to the Blitzball penalty box with for you, Mike. Never. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Wave three of Mario Kart eight deluxes. Boot. They they gotta drop the eight and just be like Ultimate Mario Kart or whatever the fuck. You know, Mario Kart Infinite. Well, they yeah. should just name mm-hmm. that game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, those are coming soon. Hey, um, remember Switch Sports? That game I bought and then played for a week and then put down. Oh, um, yeah. That golf mode's finally coming this holiday. So yeah. take your time, Nintendo. Up. No pressure. No rush. <laughs> just uh, you know, just that should have honestly that should have been like a month long. Holy thing, shit! Right? What it's, the an easy, what a layup, an easy follow-up to the best-selling game of all time. Just yep. make some new mini-games in Nintendo. One of like, the best modes in the original, uh, you know, Wii Sports was that It, golf it was mode one and, of the best golf games on the Wii because it worked like real golf. I was so disappointed that, like, the Tiger Woods games were like, this is just bad D-pad control. Look, they had to they had to spend a lot of time proofing the courses against the virtual Trump who would keep showing up and playing. <laughs> I'm gonna play through my ex wife. <laughs> I'm gonna skip ahead to some of the, the bigger announcements and pass some of these other ones. So Harvestella, that's that square kind of um uh Stardew Valley but with like more fighting. Uh, that's Stan Lee Pamela demo. Anderson show, right? There you go, Harvestella, that's right. Um, the demo's out, and the game comes out November 4th, so if you want to try before you buy, go grab the demo. Michael, for some reason, I always think of you as a Fatal Frame series fan, or at least you're the person yeah. I've ever heard talk about it the mm-hmm. most. Um, Mask of the Lunar Eclipse is finally coming to the West. Oh, so. yay. <laughs> yeah, like I said, he diehard did. fan. I, I like <laughs> I like the idea of the games more than I enjoy the games themselves. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Hey, uh, this is exciting. I already played this, but this is exciting. If you haven't played it, fucking Tunic is coming to Switch later this month, September twenty seventh. Yeah. So play one of my games of the year. Yeah, play it for money, you suckers. Aha. <laughs> it takes two is coming to Switch in November as well. Uh, Sifu coming to Switch in November. Okay. Um, and then a, a bunch of other smaller. So, oh, Radiant Silver Gun. Ooh, that's Radiant awesome. Silver that's Gun neat, yeah. is coming to Switch. That's, that's awesome. I, cool. I love to see, like, just collect, not collectors, but, you know, people who sell wonderful games for high prices just to be kneecapped by, like, incoming ubiquity. Here it yeah. comes. Uh, and then let's see. Fitness, I had to call this out. There is a Fist of the North Star fitness boxing yep, game. Yep. It's coming to Switch in March 2023. <laughs> do the do the people explode if you punch them fast enough in your exercise? God, do I the explosions so. get bigger? No, they just Have congratulate to, right? you on a good workout. That would be great. And if you haven't heard me yell that before, uh, modern boxing games on VR and probably Switch, like, dude, it's a good workout. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, a lot, lot of, lot of stuff at that direct. Play, not to be outdone though, uh, Sony PlayStation had a state of play uh, this month, and they announced a lot of stuff. So first off, you got volcanoes. You got dudes falling into volcanoes. Um, what, what do you got? Tekken Eight is what you got. When that happens. <laughs> so yeah, Tekken Eight officially revealed. Hey Jim, uh, hey Jim I, I, that's a reference to a goddamn tweet we all liked. A meme yeah. on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, good yeah. though. <laughs> Get in the volcano, you'll be fine. Brendan, Brendan, jump in the volcano. (laughs) God. 
I don't know what, what what was happening on Twitter, but it was like this Adult Swim mashup with like Gen One Adult Swim with Tekken. They had <laughs> it was Carl amazing as the as the grandpa Hihachi. Yes, it was the home Hihachi. movies as Tekken, and uh, didn't we see Carl as Hihachi from Aquatine yes, Hunger Force? Yes, Carl oh. with the sandals. It was it was you glorious. Were- uh, let's see. God of War got a new trailer. They have a limited edition DualSense controller. Um, I mean, that game's almost out, so please to enjoy that in, in a little bit. Uh, Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge gets a new gameplay trailer. This is a, that VR2 mm-hmm. Star Wars game. Right. I, I love out. that they don't even have a name for it yet. And have they announced what it looks like? They did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, yeah, they, they showed, showed the trailer. It, it, okay. It's it's hard to show VR properly, right? But yeah, it's everything's from a first person. No, no, I mean, but what the VR headset looks like. Oh yeah, yeah, they've they've shown the hardware. Okay. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. Hogwarts Legacy is getting some PlayStation exclusive <sighs> content when that comes out. That's uh, I think Q1 next year. They, mm-hmm. they got moved to. Looks looks horrory. Uh, there's a PlayStation Stars loyalty program that is rolling out this month. So. Um, I've never even heard of this thing, so yeah. That, but it's like, kind of like, you know, well, Matt, Matt you converted me over to uh, the Xbox. It's not talked about enough, but yeah. what is that app? That rewards app? Like, dude, that shit works. If you like, if you're well, bored, if you're bored, like in the line at the bank, you can just like earn free money on Microsoft. Yeah. It, it's you amazing. can easily earn ten dollars a month for uh, in Xbox credit just answering you know some daily quizzes or whatever but also that here's the rub you got to use bing if you really want to earn the bill. yeah no so but you, i i use it it's almost fun you just like uh yeah, search through what's right. trending on bing it takes four seconds and you get like dozens of points that count towards real and I'm, i imagine that's what the stars program is as well like some kind of loyalty program i'm sure it is. and it's probably tied to playstation plus somehow mm-hmm. and, and, and all that stuff but uh so Neo, this is so weird. This IGN article calls them the Neo developer. To me, God damn it, they are the Ninja Gaiden developer to me. Team mm-hmm. Ninja. Yeah. They're the Metroid other M developer, God yes. damn it. <laughs> no. They also worked on Neo, which is a samurai series. Mm-hmm. They announced a new open world samurai game, Rise of the Ronin, which is kick. There's a bit of a trend there that we'll get to soon in the news. But uh, so that, that was announced. So a new samurai game. I do have to point out the irony of the team known for a ninja series, the sworn enemy of samurai ninja. If if they're pop not culture the same. is to be believed, they are not the same thing. Oh, they no. they fight each other mm-hmm. uh, in pop culture at least. Well, if they're um, sworn enemies, then why don't the samurai stop using ninja to dispatch their enemies in secret? That's true. There's that as well. It's right. like the nerdy on a video game podcast. That was like the nerdiest <laughs> thing said. <Right>. Uh, samurai <laughs> are assholes, man. Why do they just call it Samurai Gaiden? I don't know. Good question. <laughs> that, I don't know, but they they call it's called Rise of the Ronin. Is yeah, why. part watching this this trailer, like part of me remembered that thing, Chris, that you'd read in an interview that uh, someone had asked a Japanese developer, like, "Oh, what do you think of Ghost of Tsushima?" And it's like, "Oh, this is very good. We should have made this." And yeah. part like I I there's no information about what that game really is or is going to be but like part of me is really hoping like oh yes do it a japanese made yeah. game made by team ninja set like an open world game set in feudal japan i i really want to see this yeah cuz yeah. uh ghost of tsushima w- was yeah. um what did i call it? just like it it feels very assassins creed like a western approach mm-hmm. with yeah. Uh, yeah, an eastern oh, yeah. setting but like i would really like to see an eastern approach to this eastern setting yes that is kind of like 
maybe a little more difficult or a little more batshit. Um, well, okay, well, then I have the game for you, sir. Oh, please. Because not to be outdone, that wasn't the only samurai game shown in this. And if you want an Eastern approach, Yakuza Ishins is a spinoff game mm. coming to the West. Uh, full disclosure, I work for Sega. This is a Sega game. One thing that's kind of cool is not you know, known as Yakuza Ishin because these aren't Yakuza. These these are samurai dudes. So it is like a dragon Ishin. It's coming mm. uh, February 2023 to PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. So this is all the characters you know and love from the Yakuza series with sort of a samurai feudal Japan skin on it. Right? This is so, um, it's so weird. I never would have bet this hard on Yakuza, but man, I'm happy we're here. Uh, it's like a dragon, sir. Or you got. I, I, I did like that. I had my uh, my uh, earbuds in, and it reads me text. And Matt said, "Like a dra- like a dragon Gaiden," but she read it like it was one word, like a dragon Gaiden, like a dragon Gaiden. <laughs> it was so cute, Siri. I want to hug you sometimes. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm just thinking of a Shorzy joke. If you say his name real fast, it sounds like he's got a 10-inch <laughs> dick. Anyway. Um, okay. Why don't you go race some fucking slot cars and play OutRun, you goddamn mug? But the reason I held that that announcement, because it bridges into uh, bridges nicely into... So Ryu Gagatoku Studio had a mm. stream event where they announced, hey, boy, if you like Yakuza or like a dragon, have, have, you, have we got some news for you? And you listeners know... I do loves me some Yakuza. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you'd say you love a dragon. I, I <laughs> you don't just like a dragon. You'll love it. Sorry. Oh boy! Please that continue. Was pretty, again, with the dad jokes. <laughs> God damn it, Michael. So yeah, we we have we have the samurai game coming. We also have uh, a game. It's uh, basically a new spinoff game that is meant to connect the events of Yakuza Six with the events of. Another game that was announced, so basically Yakuza 8. Um, so, but it explains why a certain character appeared in... So I guess, I, yeah, I buried the lead there. Yakuza 8 is coming. It is uh, featuring not only Ichiban, the hero from Yakuza Like a Dragon, which came out a few years ago. It features a gray-haired version of series favorite, Cosmo Kiryu, the greatest video game protagonist of all time fucking fight me if you disagree with that premise <laughs> i will beat on you like cosmic kiryu mm-hmm. so kiryu's back for yakuza 8 alongside ichiban kasuga uh let's see koichi odachi yunamba the whole the whole group right and apparently they're they're both kind of leading two different parties during the game so that is a game that is coming out in 2024 in the meantime, though, because Kiryu kind of had gone away, you know, he, uh, and so they have to explain, well, where has he been in this time? So there is this spin-off game that is going to be an action-adventure game, so not the traditional Yakuza game style, that takes place and explains where Kiryu's been between Yakuza 6 and Yakuza 8, so the upcoming game, and that game is coming out in 2023. So that, that one's called... Much like our Patreon exclusive series, Apocalypse Gaiden, this is mm-hmm. like a dragon Gaiden, which means side story. Like a dragon, the man Gaiden. who erased his name. So that mm-hmm. that is the the spinoff game, starring Cosmic Kiryu, explaining what happens between the events of Yakuza Six and Yakuza Eight. So uh, I'm glad they're bringing Kiryu back. I definitely missed him, but I do love Ichiban now too as the new kind of lead for Like a Dragon games, and I, I like that they're both coming back for Eight. So. It's a win-win in my book as a Yakuza fan. Is that is that the end of the Yakuza showcase? Because 
I just wanted to shoehorn something in because I waded through this entire press conference of people yelling to Disney at D23, Battlefront 3, Battlefront 3, and those people were sorely disappointed. But <laughs> Disney had its D, its first D23 post-Lucas, Marvel, and Fox acquisition. It was really bizarre to see like the happy Disney guy and like, hey, do you guys like Xenomorphs? New Aliens game is coming out. Also, here's Mickey. Like It was so bizarre <laughs> that those are under the same company umbrella. Gargoyles Remastered, I thought, was like, dude, I thought I was th- obsessed with Disney after. I had never heard of this game. but Ooh, uh, It was on Genesis, so yes. you might have missed it. But. Or uh, was it Game Boy or Genesis? It was Genesis. Okay. I trust Wikiparis to know. And I'm going to do this real quick. Uh, mo- mostly, I thought it was amazing. Tron isn't dead. There's like a visual novel of some kind coming out. Um, I just like the idea that Tron's still happening. Beyond just a roller coaster, which roller coaster is expensive, I should not be saying stuff like that. A uh, uh, an Amy Henning game where you can play as Captain America and Black Panther in World War II. Hello, yeah, yeah. I would like to see that. Uh, and uh, there was a I, I love those new Mickey cartoons. There's a Switch platformer with those versions of the characters, not unlike that you can see in Runaway Train or the Wonderful World of Mickey Mouse on Disney Plus, and. Marvel Pokemon Go. We were sort of having a chat about that. It, n- no one's been able to unseat Pokemon Go, whatever you want to call that arg local. Uh, what would you even call that genre? They are they are all, they are AR games. Yeah, They're alternate reality. But games, like, there's so been a Ghostbusters one. There's been a. Uh, Harry Potter one. Well, well, most of them, it's they're not trying to unseat it because it's all the same company. It it's Niantic that creates that, that them, are building so on these blocks that I don't think any other mobile game could ever reproduce. Uh, yeah. Because yeah, my buddy, my R.I.P. to my buddy Drew showed me Niantic's first game, and it was about what would, oh, uh, Ingress. Yeah, it was about because mm. like it was about asking the community to set up these spots in yeah. in real places, and those all became what would what were they called in Pokemon Go? Stops, bus, uh, gyms, gyms. Yeah, gyms. like that. Yeah. That was built on the back of like this really weird crowdsource thing that like right. you could not pay to have some guy set up these spots. All a group of a team to set up spots over the, all over the globe. Niantic. Ha- yeah, their first game felt like inspired by geocaching. Yes, it, it looked like Geometry Wars meets geocaching. Very, very basic, yeah. and yeah. they built Pokemon Go on that. But we were talking. If there's any IP that may be able to benefit that is robust as Pokemon's, it's Marvel. I just don't know. Like, there was something natural about Pokemon Go. Like, I'm by the water. Here's a water type thing. Of course, there's. Yeah, I'm catching Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. I can't. How many times can I encounter Namor over and over again? (laughs) Uh, But (laughs) oh, great! I'm at the beach. Hey, Sandman. (laughs) Right. Yeah, it's true. That's why. I mean, for me. Wait and see. They've done a lot of these, and the only one that really did hit huge Pokemon. was Pokemon Go. Sorry, I wanted to get that out, out of the way because I bothered to watch it all, and there was not a lot of exciting stuff. No, in, that, I, it, the... in fact, I mean, that event sort of got knocked by a lot of people. I think it was a lot of because, you know, most of the games shown off were, like, mobile games. They were they were not only mobile games. They were just, like, there weren't really any many announcements. There were a lot of, yeah. like, here's, here's almost – they played the same trailer for Disney Dreamlight whatever – that's Valley. You can, huh? Greenlight Valley, Valley that yeah. you can watch. That's been on YouTube for years. They just played that uninterrupted and like this Disney. You got to learn how to do this. You can't fucking play like a 
several months existing trailer in one of these mm. things, people want to see new shit. Yeah. Like, you could run a new trailer for this game that's out, but uh, this is bad form. Um, but yeah, anyway, sorry. I mean, that's what happens when they're they're not the publisher of most of this stuff. They're just right. licensing Licenses. to other people, right? So yep. they're making announcements for They're not developing like any of this. It, what, the, the truly bizarre thing, that uh, uh, Black Panther, Captain America, World War II game, that's Tom Cruise's company. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I was about to say. Developed by Skydance, yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, Skydance. Sky and and they, they, almost, they have an exclusive like Paramount deal in terms of movies, but they're making new media and hiring John Lasseter to make animation. Let's see how that goes. I, I mean, this to me is like, okay, finally... Because Amy Hennig, unfortunately, has, has worked on a bunch of stuff in the past several years that all got canceled. Like, once she mm. left the uh, Naughty Dog team, it's like she kind of... You know, went to a place. I think it was an EA studio, wasn't it? Yes. Wasn't she at Motive? Yeah. She was at EA mm-hmm. Motive, and yeah, and and so uh, this gives me hope. If they've announced this thing, and it is Tom Cruise's production company, so they got some some funding behind them. Is like, okay, this will come out. You know, Disney's not going to announce this at a D twenty three showcase if that game isn't it, real. It, and there was no gameplay, and it was like they call it a cinematic trailer, and like that's generous. That is, you remember you you'd buy those videos that was just like someone panning over a book. And reading yeah, it, yeah. You know, like that's what the trailer looked like. Oh, yeah. mm. oh no. Okay. Well, mm, uh, fingers crossed. Mm. Uh, and there was a uh, little little French company mm-hmm. that nobody, nobody liked. liked. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> sorry, it's a Simpsons that quote. I used that I used to work for called mm. Ubisoft. Yeah, and Michael and currently I, works. I for. currently work for. Full disclosure. What's up with everyone doing stuff in September? Like, why did why they're like, hey. Fuck Gamescom! I'm gonna wait till the month after to announce all this stuff because they had a showcase. Ubisoft mm-hmm. Forward September 2022. Michael, take us through what was everything announced. Well, the big stuff is, of course, the Assassin's Creed announcements. We found out more about it's... Assassin's Creed Infinity, which is going to be a platform on which Assassin's Creed games and experiences can be accessed. I don't know what that means. Uh, I'm sure <laughs> we'll find out soon. <laughs> they announced uh, several things for it. They announced. Assassin's Creed Codename Red is the current name. This is like af- also after my Assassin's favorite Creed- Mountain Dew. <laughs> yeah, well, my, it, Code Red is my favorite Mountain yeah. Dew. Absolutely, Codename Red. Please. Oh my bad, my bad. Uh, oh, is, oh, oh, you mean the, the communist Assassin's Creed? The, Great, thanks. No, Michael. this is the long-awaited AC game set in feudal Japan. Yeah, yeah, uh, okay. But that that is on the horizon. On the the closer horizon in 2023 is going to be Assassin's Creed Mirage. Which is going to be a an adventure uh, focusing on Basim, the hidden one character that was introduced in Assassin's Creed Valhalla. It's going to be set in Baghdad. Uh, it's going to be bringing the series back to its roots, and you know we'll see more about what that means in in the coming months. It's going to it stars uh, Shoreya Dashlu. The uh, she's a Persian actress who was in. Uh, I remember her from the Punisher series. She has a very distinctive deep voice. Mm. She was uh, the the mother of, I think, Madani, the FBI agent in Punisher, the the Netflix series. Mm-hmm. It's looking really cool. I'm excited to see more. Uh, also, we saw Codename Hexa, which has uh, we, we just saw a very brief trailer with like a Blair Witch looking Assassin's Creed or, or Assassin yeah. symbol hanging from. A tree branch. A crude um, totem. Uh, mm-hmm. Suggesting... Is, I'm not putting words in your mouth, but like... I feel like that's suggesting something weirder and horrific. 
I don't know. It could is be. there a language thing? Because I saw some some sites covered as just codename Hex without the E at the end. But mm. yeah, the trailer itself says codename Hex. It's a Jonah Hex game. I'll just confirm mm-hmm. it right here. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that that means witch in a certain language. Mm. Uh, well, yeah, that, that that speculation out there. They're like, yeah, it's like looks like Assassin's Creed with witchcraft. Hmm. Mm. I don't know. Um, but well, what I do know is that so Codename Red is going to be like they're going to start switching up the gameplay style with Assassin's Creed games. Codename Red is going to be another game in the RPG mold, continuing in the vein that's set by Origins, Odyssey, and Valhalla. Whereas Hexa will be something shorter, more action focused, and then there's going to be a mobile game, Codename Jade. Which mm-hmm. is set in China. Named after and the original producer, right? I was going to say, I, I would have <laughs> stayed away from that name. Hmm, I, that's I just thought me. about that. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. But yeah, that, that looks pretty cool. Like, you know, Jade Rayman, is... the ultimate Ubisoft. <laughs> 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 yeah! <laughs> Jade Rayman. Jesus. Yeah, well, Rayman has been confirmed as coming back in Mario saw Plus Rabbids. That Rabbid. was so fucking it. cool. It really, it, yeah. like, is, it, is it the UB art style Rayman like the last two games, or is it is it a 3D Rayman? I know exactly what you've seen. That's, that's yeah, but just um, But just, like, I remember, like, watching that. We got one more announcement, and, like, what Nintendo character bigger than Mario or Donkey Kong or Luigi or Peach could you possibly excite me with? And then Rayman's hair popped up. I'm like, ah, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. That's right. He yeah. used to yeah. play with these rabbits a lot. Um, yes. <laughs> he looks around. He's like, oh, you guys got arms? You got legs? Yeah. Fuck Don't that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who needs that? Yeah. yeah. Nice. Uh, they showed off some skull and bones, too, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, with a the, a lot of ship the ship customization. Yes, they did show the, that um, the trading trading yeah, stuff. Yeah, there's going to be smuggling networks. You get to once once you earn the right to be part of uh, the the secret smuggling networks that pirates have, then uh, you will get access to a layer called the helm, and from here you can command your trading empire. Mm. Yeah, and you can also manufacture your own contraband commodities like opium and rum and spices. So. Uh, yeah, it should oh be should be cool. Oh um, Sounds like a party. Mm-hmm. Trackmania is coming to consoles and cloud platforms. The, the original Trackmania, because no. there was a console version a, a little bit yes. ago, right? No, the, uh, no there was. No, okay, this is There's not a PS4 the original. version. There, there was, but no, what's coming is there was a PC game that was released in 2020 called Trackmania. Oh, okay. That is what is coming to consoles and cloud platforms. And players on these uh, new platforms will be able to access... All of the fan-made and official material that's already uh, on out, out for Trackmania on the PC okay. version. So, because that's the best part yep. of Trackmania mm-hmm. is the weird. You know, you go on some random dude's server and he's playing bootleg fucking Limp Biscuit music <laughs> while you know with with crazy <laughs> shit that is not licensed all over the cars and stuff. I, You're like, yes, I think some of the most hypnotic yeah. user-generated content comes out of. Track, track mania where people yeah. bleed these weird physics into other physics and it's just really fun to watch and I've liked other games yeah. in the series and just the idea of like being a, Amazon Luna players can play with PS5 players can play with Xbox One players like that's cool mm-hmm. yeah. I like yeah. track mania agreed the game I was trying to think of was Turbo. That was the last big yeah. console version of Trackmania. Right? Well, I remember my when I first played the new Trackmania, my reaction was like, you know, I'd never really gotten into the series. Mm-hmm. And then like, oh, this whole time I've been thinking it's about racing. 
This has a lot more in common with trials. Yes. Yeah. Where yeah, it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 about the puzzle yeah. and the physics. Yes. and it's yeah. it's a compulsion game. It's one of those games that it loads super fast. So if you fuck up, you hit a button and you're immediately yep. starting yep. from the exactly. beginning, and you're trying to perfect time. So mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a good it's time. Uh, Just Dance 2023 coming this holiday. Um, yeah, of course. Yes, yeah, of course. It is. <laughs> Why wouldn't it? Yeah, <laughs> uh, a lot lot of other smaller, you know, like ongoing live game stuff. They showed off some uh, season three of Mythic Quest, which is something That's I've crazy. been needing to watch on Apple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's a, a yeah. real fun show, but it's like I – yeah, it, it – I, I like when I remember watching the first couple episodes. Like, is that for honor? They're trying to disguise as their own game, hmm. and then th- there was a Ubisoft logo at the end of the show, and like, yeah. oh, they're just involved. Yeah, Ubisoft is one of the producers on it, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Ubisoft Film and Television. I just yeah, recognize yeah. some for honor assets yeah. or whatever. Yeah, for honor, and yeah, I think other games. Yeah. And then um, they announced a Netflix collaboration that would include yes. both the live-action Assassin's Creed series. Well, that, that had already been announced. What the, the announcement is is that they are partnering to make games exclusively for Netflix subscribers. Yeah, mobile games. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So three mobile games were announced, uh, a sequel yep. to Valiant Hearts, a new Mighty Quest for Epic Loot, what? and a yep. new Assassin's Creed that will be exclusive to Netflix. Um, and... Yeah, these these things are like I've I've played a couple of the Netflix games and they're a little it's a little tricky. I think you go through the app on your phone and then that takes you to the app store and then yeah, you download it from there. Yeah, that's how you download yeah. the games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, I wish it was cleaner. Uh this this one though I liked because uh little known fact, I worked on Mighty Quest when I worked at Ubisoft and I was that game is, is such a bummer cuz I'm like fuck, I wish more people would have played the original on PC. It's such a novel concept it's an it's an asymmetric multiplayer game where one player mm-hmm. designs a castle or a dungeon to trap other players and try to make them lose in their dungeon and they earn gold and currency if if they kill the other people basically and then yeah half, the other half of the game is you trying to beat other people's dungeons right um really novel concept they think they finally figured out the balance it, it was having it what i worked on it had a lot of balance issues and you know it's kind of like, well, how do we make this so people can't just create undefeatable dungeons? And, and how do we do, you know, figure out the matchmaking? When they took it to mobile, they kind of figured it out, I think. And it's, so it's cool that it, it's coming to another another place, which is uh, through Netflix. So that's that's neat. I, I have a soft spot in my heart for Mighty Quest. Hmm. Where the fuck do I get? I remember I saw these on. <sighs> not to be they're confused not, with They're not Mythic on my, my iPhone app. How, how do we. Never mind. Keep going. Like Michael said, I think it's it's a weird way to install I them. I saw it's them once, and I don't remember where. I think it may have been on my parents' Roku when I logged into my account. Well, I recommend, in the meantime, uh, there's a very good game that was uh, recommended on Twitter, Point P, that uh, if you're a Netflix Ooh. subscriber, you can get it for free on your phone. So uh, yeah. go look into that. Indeed. Indeed. Hey, that's all the news that's fit to play. Quite a bit of news this week. Wow. Yeah. Well, I just, uh, the Division Heartland stuff, like, uh, mm. I was tricked before. How can you go from a big city to the, <laughs> to the rural, this rural area and be fun? And then, like, Far Cry 5. Holy balls. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That's it. That's all I had to say. I played both divisions for hours and hours and hours, yeah. and I'll probably say. And this one's going to be free to play. So. Yep. Yep. It's cool, and, and if I didn't, if I didn't t- like Michael. I was uh, I was at my sister's wedding uh, mm-hmm. a week a week or so ago. Every kid below, let's say, twenty five, 
all they care about is siege. And I was just like, really, like, yeah. And they they refer to it as siege, so it always like takes me a second. Like, uh, wow, all right, all my cousins are playing siege. Uh, I should probably get on this shit. And start you should. I think them. you'd enjoy it. Like as someone yeah. who enjoyed Counter Strike, I like, love Counter Strike. Rainbow Six Siege has sort of evolved into like, what if Counter Strike was a hero shooter where everyone has like yeah. unique gadgets that completely change the meta of gameplay. Yeah, yeah, I might, I might have to holler at you, Mike. Give me an exclusive hat, a VGA apocalypse <laughs> hat, a video game apocalypse hat, and uh, siege. Get it oh, done, I people. wish something like that existed. Um, Sorry, let's. Here we go. Yeah. Anyway, community another, segment. Another game I worked on. By the way. As always, is segmenting <laughs> our community. <laughs> That's cool. I did. I worked on siege. Huh. <laughs> we believe you, Matt. <laughs> Fuck you guys! I'm out of here! You don't believe me! <laughs> Look at you trying to steal Siege's glory. <laughs> Fuck you, Sharzy! I'm, I'm out of here! <laughs> Fuck you, dude! You never worked on Siege for a fucking second! <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, titfucker! I totally worked on Siege! <laughs> so, community segment, which is always a segment in our community. Last week's question of the week was, tell us a personal Lord of the Rings related story, because you Please. like Lord of the Rings and stories. And uh, Handsome Ralph was the first to answer on VigiGamePocalypse.com, says, I've literally been waiting for the best time to share this story with you guys. Oh, so really hoping this makes the cut. Mm. Anyways, when the it Two did. Towers was released, <laughs> I unfortunately had neither the funds to buy a ticket nor the means to go to the nearest movie theater. So I did what most 16-year-old kids with high-speed internet would do in early 2003. I downloaded an award screener copy of the movie. Naughty, naughty. Now, a couple of caveats. This was the first time I had ever downloaded or viewed an award screener copy. I also greatly anticipated seeing the Helm's Deep siege scene because a friend who had seen the film would not shut up about how great it was. Mm -hmm. Anyways... Once my downloaded copy of the movie was completed, I proceeded to skip straight to the Siege of Helm's Deep. I watched the scene play out. When I heard slash read what I thought was the most badass thing to say as you unleashed an arrow volley against an opposing army. You see, most of the Elvish dialogue was subtitled in the film, except, oddly enough, Aragorn's initial order to the elven archers to fire a volley of arrows. Hmm. I realize this now, though at the time, at the exact same moment that Aragorn gives the order to fire a volley, the words, <laughs> for your consideration, <laughs> popped up on my screen where the subtitles would normally be for years. I literally thought this is what Aragorn was yelling at the oncoming orcs as a volley of arrows are unleashed at them. It wasn't until much later when I realized my error. <laughs> it did not oh, matter, though, since get, my, dude. my friends and I just started to yell our new catchphrase, for your consideration, whenever the right occasion presented itself. So, for your consideration, there's my LOTR Wow, it's a good one. That's, that's great. Great uh, free promotion start. for that Christopher Guest movie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> See, and here I thought when you download a movie, maybe he was going to get Lord of the Cock Rings, the two yeah. tatas, mm -hmm. and go straight to the balls deep mm -hmm. fight scene. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, no. this is this no. is neither here nor there. But you know, why not share it here? Because uh, I remember I was like starting like my sophomore, junior year of college, and like, were you Mister Show fans? Yeah, sure. yeah, and like Run, Ronnie, Run, like came out with a trailer, and then, like two years, nothing came out, and then like the directors yeah. and. Bob and David like disowned one another and like, man, we hate each other. And like a work print hit the internet and the one you can stream and buy now 
is different from the one I watch, and it's infuriating. It's like I can't recapture watching the different cuts of the thing I stole off the internet, which I would have paid for <laughs> would they have let me. Hmm. Um, I don't know. Sure. Never mind. That seems more question of the week territory. I'll read Nick's. He says, question of the week. I was late to see Fellowship and didn't see it in theaters. But once I did see it, uh, I was hooked. When Two Towers was coming out, my friend and I wanted to see a midnight showing. Once we got uh, all the seats, uh, once we once we got there, all the seats had been booked. But he flirted with a girl at the front and got us in. Jesus, smooth, uh, smooth. slick nerds. It was weird back then. Uh, we had to sit directly in front. It was the early two thousands, and I had what could only be described as the largest con- cargo <laughs> pants ever made from American <laughs> Eagle, of course. Uh, in each of, of the four pockets, I was carrying a can of Bud Light, which yeah, I wow. drank th- throughout the movie. Uh, after having drank very much beforehand, I had to pee so bad by the end of the movie, but it was still an amazing experience. Love that slice of life. Yes, yeah, smuggling mm-hmm. beers in your cargo shorts or pants Ooh. pockets to a movie. like Doesn't get any better than that. Doesn't get any uh, more early 20s than that, does it? Nope. I still look good in cargo shorts. I don't care what women, the internet, or fashion experts say. <laughs> I, they are convenient, I must say that, really on the are. weekends. Um, hey, from the official Laser Time community on Facebook, Padraig Sean O'Rourke, uh, bless me, Padraig, for I have sinned. Uh, my favorite game experience related to Lord of the Rings is those amazing StarCraft Helms Deep custom games. Hours with my friends destroying Zerglings, a.k.a. Orcs, mm-hmm. as a fire bat named Gimli. Mm. Seems like that would be better suited to Warcraft. And my Zerg. Yeah, it is weird that they skinned StarCraft instead of Warcraft, the fucking fantasy RTS, huh? Yeah, sure, whatever. Um, yeah, sure. Samuel Moon says, My only experience with Lord of the Rings came several years ago when I had a blog. I did a series called The Shamelist, where I'd watch important movies for the first time, like Godfather and Lord of the Rings. I watched Fellowship of the Ring once, and that's it. I never saw Two Towers or Return of the King. <laughs> never saw The Hobbit. I've never read the books. While I enjoyed Fellowship, I'm not a big fantasy guy. Maybe someday I will give it another try. That's some serial <laughs> wow. killer shit, man. To only watch the first one and then just, I'm good, I'm good. Mm-hmm. I don't need to see any of those. Only because of the creepy way that I said it. <laughs> that, But that's like, that's just like seeing episode four and then being like, yeah, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No more Star Wars for me. I'm good. You know, a lot of people did exactly that. Like, I'm sure they yeah. did. A lot those of people are all dead now. Yeah, I've never seen Star Wars sequels. Right. They only know. They don't know. Like, what What do you mean episode four? It's just called oh, Star Wars. I was going to see The Empire Strikes Back, but then I had to go buy some jeans at the grocery store. There's only two Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars 1 and Caravan of Courage. That's the only two I ever saw. <laughs> That's the real Star Wars 2. You know, you I know, lost interest when I read, uh, what was it, <laughs> Tear in the Mind's Eye or whatever. Splinter in the Mind's Eye. Splinter in the Mind's Eye. You know yeah. what uh, Star Wars could have used more of? Burl Ives. Narrating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How dare you point out the splinter in my mind's eye when you have a plank in yours? What? That's a Bible joke, guys. Jesus, that was a deep Bible joke. Yeah. <laughs> it is a Bible joke. <laughs> Holy crap. Uh, thank God I went to a Baptist camp, Maddie. Which one are we on? J.R. Rawls? J.R. Rawls? Yes. I, I, I want this meta part. You're, You're going to read your, your co-host. co-host. Yes, J.R. Rawls of 302010. Do it in his voice. Um, I'm kidding. I read Lord of the Rings. No, he doesn't. Wow. Uh, I read Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, for the first time before, while, and uh, uh, after climbing Mount Fuji. I started wow. to read it uh, as me and some friends were planning our trip to Mount Fujisan, 
uh, and we bunked on the mountain for the night, opened up the book, and uh, read a few pages before falling to sleep. And the next day, I could utterly sympathize with Frodo and Sam's long, arduous journey. At least you had shoes, man. Uh, as I was pushing and pushing and pushing myself to get up the mountain, uh, I didn't do any sort of regular exercise routine in my early 20s because on some level, I generally thought I was immortal. So when I got to the top, I was spent. Uh, but by that time, I got all the way back down. I was so utterly and totally physically wrecked uh, that for the for the day and a half uh, just getting out of bed to use the bathroom was a hard endeavor. All I could do was sit Jeez. and read Lord of the Rings, and it was glorious. There remains one of the most memorable reading experiences of my life to this day. Oh, yeah, because you kept pissing and shitting yourself because you couldn't get up out of bed to go to Yeah, bathroom. take a ride at the that frozen corpse and, uh, yeah, sit a spell and read about yeah. old Tom Bombadil. Why am I still talking like this? Mount yeah. Fuji doesn't have the frozen corpses, I know, man. I know. That's not... Yeah, that's Everest. <laughs> 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 you didn't climb Everest. Read about old Tom. I, dude, Bombadil. when you do a podcast with Jr., like you know, he's like a father of two with a normal gig. He has way crazier stories than Diane and I do. He skydives yeah. and dated strippers. Like <laughs> it's crazy doing a show he's with. Lived JR. his life. Uh, Joe Tonello says my personal story with it is I finally made it through a Lord of the Rings movie once recently. Every time the rotoscope was played <laughs> at home or movies in the theater, I'd nod off almost immediately. Bilbo and Frodo never left the Shire during my watches. Wow. I've never been a Wizards and Dragon guy, save for Dragon Age games. Willow, which is ironic Willow. given the similarities. I guess the Disney movies count. I've just always been a sci-fi guy preferring my treks to be star-based. I'm, I, I know what Joe's talking about because, like, I, I'm way – I would – Prefer lasers over swords, and uh, but what about laser swords? But, that, but that's yes, a great that's why that thing. works, and why uh, on Patreon we'll be talking about Last Unicorn soon. That that's like the my first kind of introduction to fantasy in that on that level, mm. and I love it. Uh, and Lord of the Rings broke through in a way I didn't think it would. Sam dragged me to the movie and like you're gonna like this, and I really really did, and film yeah, love it, love it. You know the reason I pulled this comment though. I thought he was referring. He mentioned rotoscope. I thought he was referring to the so bocce Lord of the That's Rings a, movie. Yeah. And like, like you saw that in the theaters. Is this our yeah, only like sixty year old listener? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I think he was just referring to the the, the recent movies. Just. Maybe. I don't yeah. know. Uh, we have a couple video responses. First is from Mike Amari. Hey VJ crew, Mike Amari here with the question of the week. Question of the week, of course, was. What's your Lord of the Rings memory, your personal one that stands out the most for you? For me, it has to be my first viewing of Fellowship of the Rings. Uh, Fellowship of the Ring came out on December 19th, 2001, which was a Wednesday. Um, there was also the day I had my last final at the college I was at at the time. I was going to John Jay, and I was not doing very well. Um, I was transferring out the next semester because if I didn't, I'd be flunking out completely. I was not doing very great. Um, not only that, my father had passed away seven months prior to Ooh. that, April of 2001, also working at Staples and not really loving that. And so I really felt like a big old miserable kind of failure all around. Um, it was terrible. So I went in to take my last final at like 7 in the morning. But then I had my shift in lower Manhattan at Staples, and that was another like eight hours away. So I went and found tickets to Fellowship of the Ring at the local theater, uh, the Lincoln Center Theater uh, in Manhattan. And I went and sat in a mostly empty theater 
uh, to see it. Almost nobody was there at like the 8.30 in the morning showing. September 11th was only like three months ago at that point. And I was in Manhattan at the time, like doing my work and my schooling. And so again, I was just, I was a big old raw nerve. And then the movie starts and they start with that music and that, you know, Gladriel doing her voiceover. And it was just reflexively, I went and looked to my left where my dad usually sat when we watched movies. It was absolutely a movie we had talked about. This was something we were looking forward to seeing prior to him passing away. And so it was one of those, I just, I lost it. I just full-on grown my head at 20, just crying by himself in the theater, just just weeping openly um, as that movie started. And that movie made me feel so much better as I continued to watch it. Everything about it just seemed perfect. Just mm-hmm. seemed like it was taken off the page out of my head. And it just, it, it did that thing that movie was supposed to do. It transported me out. It made me forget about everything for like two and a half hours. I don't think I've ever had as magical an experience with a movie as I had with that movie. Um, to this day, it's one of those movies where I sit down and it is like putting on a warm blanket. It is like getting a nice hug from a friend. Because it's those, one of those movies I've just always had that connection to. And so... Hearing everyone talk about the movies, you know, just always brought up a smile on my face. Um, absolutely love those movies. Great action, amazing performances, and just it's – it allowed me to kind of just jump in and allowed me to escape for a little while. And I don't know if I'll ever enjoy a movie as much as I did that day. Um, so, yeah, that's my personal Lord of the Rings memory. Uh, thank you, guys. Uh, thank you for listening to me to this week, and I'll look forward to being with you again next week. I love you, Mike. That was a great story, and that's Thank exactly why sharing. I wanted to like wanted to open up to Lord of the Rings stories because, like, um, you know, most of us are too old to be around for Star Wars, and yep. Lord yep. of the Rings was kind of that for us for like three years. This huge phenomenon, yeah, that uh, must we see. all the world stopped when these movies happened, and we all went. Um, but it's something I I don't talk about a lot on the podcast um, in terms of Mike's story. Uh, I do seances and I talk to your dad and he says he prefers the Hobbit trilogy. I hope that doesn't affect anything Jesus. in your relationship. Jesus. What? Yes. Look! Look! Mr. Amari says the Desolation of Smog is so much better than Two Towers. I don't agree with them either, Mike. Uh, do you, can you name the three Hobbit movies? I totally can't. I, I have um, no uh, idea what the subtitles are. Desolation of Smog and the third one the contractually obligated one. Um, <laughs> That's why it should have been subtitled. Yeah. <laughs> Contractual <laughs> obligation. I'm sorry, Mike. You know I love you, and that was a really great anecdote. Yeah, yeah. I did not make shit on it. Um, and by the uh, way, Mike, you were only 20. You were not a grown-ass man. You're just a baby yeah. who had lost right. his dad, brother. Come yeah, on. yeah, yeah. Um, I think the three Hobbit movies are called uh, That's What Bilbo Baggins Hates, uh, <laughs> That Orc Has White Skin, and <laughs> Stephen Colbert is in this one. <laughs> the, the one with Stephen Colbert. Yeah. <laughs> that is literally all I remember about those three movies. Uh, <laughs> orc with white skin. What? How does that with the white skins? Like, I, where I the know. fuck did he come from? He's got a uh, hook arm or whatever. I didn't want to remember it. You reminded me of that orc with the white skin. <laughs> He's like in one of the appendices. It was added after the fact. I'm like, yeah, let's make him a character in the I Jesus. know but you know what Ugh. there's a pretty good Amazon series that's nothing but appendices mm-hmm. that's happening right now so it's fine yeah did a better job IMO it's and fine. finally Chris Baker says CB 
Hey guys, Chris Baker here. I am a lifelong Tolkien fan ever since I saw the Hobbit cartoon movie when I was a little kid. But I think my biggest, most personal memory related to the franchise came when I was covering E3 2003 for the official US PlayStation magazine at the EA booth. It went a little something like this. The EA publicist was like, and here we have The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King, based on the upcoming blockbuster. Then this different EA publicist enters the scene. Excuse me, do you mind if Mr. Williams here gets the demo first? I look up a bit, and there's Robin Williams right before me. He reaches out his hand in gratitude and gives me one of the most uh -huh. firm, solid handshakes I've ever received in my life. God damn. I'm like, yeah, go right ahead. <laughs> I proceeded to watch Robin Williams get the whole spiel of what makes the game so great as the playable Gandalf defended the gates of Minas Tirith. I'll never forget the troll face that Robin made upon seeing a close-up of a troll. It was priceless. Uh, he nodded a quick thank you my way, then moved on to check out the rest of the madness. Since then, I can't watch The Lord of the Rings without thinking of Robin whenever a troll pops up. Wow. For real? Damn. More like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, terrible Robin. Uh, yeah, you know, man, that story really... gets so disappointing, too, if it was Robbie Williams. You know, <laughs> famous singer Robbie Williams. Not, yeah, not as memorable. Started stripping and tore off his skin. That's a reference to a Robbie <laughs> Williams music video. Jesus, I'm old. I'm old. I'm old, and, and 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 what I hate about like I, I love living in the Bay Area. I'm one of the few people I know without a Robin Williams story. But like I was always like just there after he left at the comic store or the Best right. Buy. You could see like the crater of happiness he left everywhere he went in the Bay Area. Yeah, yeah. I met him. And you're like, oh, I was just changing in a phone booth. What did I miss? <laughs> wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. <laughs> I am Robin Williams. Yeah. Holy shit! Have I taken never a long seen time you retire? two in the same place? I know. I know. <laughs> The hair, the hair is similar, but that's that's the extent of it. Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna say you've also never seen me and Elizabeth Berkeley in the same place. It's true. Mm -hmm. Or Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yes, we could, could be, be the same person. And I, I've never seen uh, Matt in the situation at the same time. So I'm just make assumptions. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's true. When did he get out of jail? Show me Maybe your that's pump. when I started appearing on shows. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Show me your fist pump. Uh, but oh, that's our question of the week, and yeah. we could probably fill a whole show with our new question of the week, which is what, Michael? What is your favorite two and done series? Um, we we had a whole bunch of candidates we for did. this that um, didn't yeah. make the cut, so now's your chance to rather than yell at us for leaving mm -hmm. out the series that you think should be in here. Uh, I don't know. Chrono Trigger, Chrono Cross, maybe. Uh, you can tell us about it as a question of the week answer. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say my favorite is The Darkness. I really loved yeah. that first game by Starbreeze, which had previously made uh, Chronicles of Riddick, Escape from Butcher, Bra Escape from Butcher Bay. Um, I, you know, for its time especially, I thought it was a very moving game. It like hit a lot of weird emotional notes, uh, a lot of very tragic notes that um, didn't, you know, weren't really in games at the time. You you have to watch your girlfriend be executed by your former mob boss, and uh, there's no way to bring her back in that mm -hmm. first game. Um, spoilers, I guess. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, get you get, um, it, it, it brings meaning to quotes like, that was the first time I died. 
And, and like, you know, it's, it's all just the, the story's told in this weird testimonial style with the main character, Jackie Estacado, just sort of standing in a spotlight and, and narrating the story. And then it, it like just goes in and it's all these crazy action set pieces. You get, um, these weird demonic shadow dragons that, uh, bond with you and grow out of your shoulders and eat the hearts out of your enemies. Wonderfully mapped to the shoulder buttons in a way that yes. makes so much sense. Yes. <laughs> I love it. And then, then the sequel was like this weird, cell shaded, more conventional shooter overall. Uh, and you know, I, th- I thought it lost some of what made the original interesting. It was still a solid game, but not solid enough to keep that series going because that is the last that we saw of it, even though it set up a, 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 a potential sequel going forward. Um, I remember it, it, it felt, it felt trite, but like, remember like, we just started writing like um, top sevens or listicles, and mm-hmm. it was like best game based best games based on comics because like you know there are a lot of comics games out there, but not all of them are great. And the darkness was like number two, and remember that was like used as an advertisement in magazines. Really, and I think I yeah, I think you wrote part of it. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I, if I'm not mistaken, but like uh, yeah, it, the darkness uh, was a really good adaptation of a comic the kind we hadn't really seen before, especially mm-hmm. being kind of an obscure comic. Yeah. Well, it also did like the, the Hollywood thing that remember for the longest time, rather than actually recreate superhero outfits, mm-hmm. movies would just like, you know, put leather. them in black leather. Yeah. yeah. That's totally what it does because in the comics, Jackie Estacado has like this weird green suit. And in this one, he's just wearing a big oh, black right. trench coat all the Was time. That Kirk Acevedo. I have no the idea. Voice? Uh, the guy from Oz, but uh, but whatever. Hmm. Possibly, mm-hmm. yeah. And also, Michael just really believes in a thing called love. Just looking at the window. I, I used that as a as a gag in the uh, in the review that I did of it. Like they believed in a thing called love. You can taste it in the rhythm of their hearts. Is of that what he says? Gosh, no, that like... that was that that song by that band. No, no, no. But is that what the, the yeah. I, I'm saying is that the lyrics? Because I had no idea. No, the taste. I believe in a thing called love. You can feel it in the rhythm oh. of my heart. Okay, sorry. But because you're you, eating hearts you. in the darkness, I told you. I saw them live. Once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but it was um the guy from uh, Faith No More who is the the voice of the darkness Mike, itself. Uh, what's his name? Oh. Amari. No, Michael Murray. <laughs> yes, uh, I gotta look it up. Um, I I I have one that we almost put in here, but it kind of doesn't qualify because mm-hmm. it's like a different developer, I think, different publisher for sure. I worked on the original Fifty Cent game, Bulletproof, Dude. which I will admit, not great, not a great game. Mike Patton, by the way. Sorry, okay, Mike Patton, Oswald. Um, but 50 Cent Blood on the Sand mm. is, so a good. Yes. is a masterpiece. It's it is so the best funny. Gears of War clone starring G-Unit. Yeah. And um, it deserved a sequel, and we never got that sequel. We only got two, and they were through. Give me a third 50 Cent game. I've been shortchanged. Yeah. No! <laughs> you can call it scabs uh, in the desert because they tried. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember the uh, this backstory for that one was that like they were originally working on a more conventional like generic military game, yeah. and they're like it was just sort of floating around for years. Like, what are we doing? And then like we need a hook. Like Fifty Cent, fuck it. 
Yeah, whatever he that likes company it. had had signed a, a contract with, uh, I think, 50 Cent and all of G-Unit, like, we're going to make games with you. Let's mm. retrofit you into this game. And it it looks like a vanity project, and it sort of is, but, like, it didn't it come is. from 50 it, Cent. Yeah, it, but it 100% is a vanity project, and that's what makes it so fucking it's glorious. So it's, it's so yeah, it's so fucking dumb, but it's mm-hmm. great. But but like its mechanics, some of the mechanics are strong, and it's it's just hilarious nonstop. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's the same studio that did. So the the good game is done by Swordfish, which they made that game Cold Winter that Vivendi Universal Games published that no one remembers, but it was actually a really good game. I saw no look of recognition from Wikipares, Matt. So that that is definitely an obscure nope. one. <laughs> Yeah, but but yeah, di- different developers, different publishers, because the second game was THQ, because Vivendi Universal had been absorbed by that time. But mm. fucking Blood in the Sand, great game, give me a sequel. Yeah, so, Bulletproof, eh, not so much. No, nah, not great. So I, I was, uh, when we started this, I was sort of, sort of pushing for Mark of Cree, but mm. it was mm. hard, because Rising of Sai is like a deviation that's like, well, this is why the series died. It wasn't... yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. like it, it basically did everything wrong, as mm. I remember. Like Mark of Cree was just very vibrant and colorful, and it was like Disney with it's ultra violent Disney, a, a violent Disney cartoon. It's awesome. And, yeah, yeah, Rise of the Kasai was like muddy and gray and brown, and like it didn't have the same joy that the original did. It it kind of focused a lot on co op and gave you an AI partner who would constantly. Uh, get hung up on stuff and into trouble. Um, it it just I didn't I did not remember having a very good experience with it. No, no, no. Me, me me neither. But like not it was great. a series yeah. that like I've replayed that game so much. It's now on um, uh, PS Plus Premium Extra. Uh, <laughs> We're gonna figure with, it out with one day. Where um, uh, yeah, yeah, plus alpha, Unleaded. but it's, it's discoverable, it's like yeah, in, yeah. in its original form, which is fun because like it has a unique gameplay mm. mechanic that no one else really took. It's like a twin stick mm. shooter with melee, right? It's uh... well, a little bit. You use the right stick to map what button you use, and then uh, uh, each enemy is assigned a button. You want to hit the guy yeah. with the hat, nah. hit square. You want to hit the guy with the bow and arrow, hit triangle. Uh, it's mm. neat, and you can remap them constantly. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, what this is a very technically two and through. Hmm. New Super yeah. Mario Brothers. Hmm. New Super Mario Brothers is a series that originated on um, the DS, and then there's part two on the 3DS, and then there's Wii and Wii and Wii and Mario Maker. And like, I get it. Like, um, but this is sort of the thing I was talking about with the Valve stuff. Super Mario, New Super Mario Brothers 2 is kind of a weird thing that Nintendo made an entire game about, and that's coins. They they figured out a, co- a cohesive way to create these levels and make them make sense in a way that like you couldn't really do in Mario Maker because not every user is going to create something cohesive. I uh, I think Mario Maker eliminated the need for more New Super Mario Brothers, but like I really would like to see Nintendo take another crack at it with new super mario brothers 3 uh because i thought 2 was so fucking good so good one and two are so fucking good um made by nintendo (laughs) then then the ports to wii not so much and the uh wii u launch game not so much 
And uh, much love to the uh, fan community and, and the Mario Maker, but I would really like to see what, you know, Nintendo would do with this again. But Mario Maker alone made it hard to, like, how do we sell people <laughs> on this game? We gave them the tools to make for free. Uh, yeah. All right. So what is your favorite two and through series? Uh, let us know. Gremlins. Go to... Yeah, Gremlins. Yeah, exactly. Okay, we're done. Uh, <laughs> go to VigiGameApocalypse.com. Answer under the comments for episode 489. Alternately, you can visit us on the official Laser Time community on Facebook. There'll be a thread there where you can answer. Or ping us on Twitter at VGApocalypse, and we will read the answers on next week's show. Anyway, that's been our show. Let's go out with some plugs. We got anything worth promoting? Yeah, um, there should be more 80s in-depth episodes on the Patreon, patreon.com slash laser time. New Sick of Star Wars coming soon. Uh, hopefully a new bonus time. We're flirting with the idea of something Lord of the Ringsy. I don't know. I don't want to hate on the series just yet just because it's a slow burn. Hmm. Um, but Ooh. a lot of people I know want to talk about it. Um, new episode of Laser Time coming up this week. And um, yeah, 302010 this week. It's one of the longest we've ever done, but part of that is a little show called Firefly, which mm. was not I've heard of it. Only one of my favorite shows in my twenties. It holds up really well. We'll talk about Joss Whedon's legacy, all that shit, um, and about how wh- how we feel about Firefly because every single person there reveres it. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's amazing. And it's pretty short too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every episode is perfect. All right. Um, well, as always, you can visit us online at VigiGamePocalypse.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at VGApocalypse. Or follow me personally on Twitter at Wikiparas. That's W-I-K-I-P-A-R-A-Z. That's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Too soon for that. It's that is honestly the worst title. It is. It's it like, is really just bad. Put a slash in there, and it's and it's really bad. If it wasn't going to be forced onto the app with the Star Wars logo, you'd be like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Can't wait for the follow up. If then. Mm-hmm. <laughs>